What's up, everyone? Welcome to Bridge the Gap. My name is Holden Stefan Roy, and joining me today is none other than Montreal legend himself, Don Smooth. Ooh, whose name I spelt wrong, so I gotta go quickly fix that in the OBS. I put Don Smooth, which is just not. No correct. problem. We got. got a, oh, okay. I have time that I can make yeah. sure I go and host it. But um, yeah, it's good to have you back. Um, the first episode we covered all kinds of stuff about the trajectory of his life and the career, and a bunch of accolades and various things he's done from apparently being a, a seminal foundation to mixtapes to running through the radio circuits to being a key figure in terms of getting you know people booked on bigger shows and just playing an overall part in galvanizing the scene i think that's something that is undeniable that don smooth is a name that gets treated with a sense of a glue for a lot of people who are coming into it when hip-hop in english especially was starting to get its presence in the city and everybody remembers tuning in to the radio station hearing don smooth do his thing and i didn't but a lot of other people that i've talked to and have met across the hip-hop yeah. journey i've been on absolutely grew up on don smooth so it's super great to have you back and um let's be back yeah uh, the whole second episode i have not yet figured out a formalized structure it's been the most willy-nilly experience and yet they still seem to work out just all proper and fine but how what what have you been up to so the we, we last talked you were getting into the twitch vibe and now a whole bunch yeah. of time has gone by. So so give us a little bit of an update for the last year of your life with the the evolutions, the Twitch vibes, everything that you've been got, got going on right now. You know what? It's um, actually October. October made like officially one year. I started on Twitch. I did my first real Twitch experience in uh, October for Thanksgiving last year. And um, it was a lot of it's been a, a lot of learning. You know what I mean? It's like. Uh, learning to DJ in a, in a totally different way, like to do it online is something that I never did. I've been DJing all my life, but Twitch was a whole, whole different thing. So I guess for the past year, I've been learning what works, what doesn't, and I'm still learning. I mean, you never stop. Uh, but I've started to find, you know, my space and what is working for me. And I'm just trying to build on that. Uh, I love the Twitch experience. I enjoy it very much. It's like, it made DJing feel new for me again, because Everything, I won't say that everything was just on autopilot, but I had done the clubs and the corporate events for so long, I didn't have to put much effort into doing it. It just came natural. Like, I show up, I know what to do, I know the formulas, and everything worked naturally. But Twitch was like, it felt like I was literally starting to DJ from zero all over again. And um, at the same time, instead of frustrating me, that motivated me. It was like, okay, this is challenging. And it, 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 was, an, it was exciting. So the past year has been navigating Twitch, figuring out what works, what doesn't. Um, and like now I, I feel like I'm in a space where I'm like, okay, I see the direction that I want to take it. And, um, I just keep building on it. So how do you like read the crowd digitally? Like when you can't see them, cause that that's, that's gotta be like the hardest part of this. <clears throat> that's the hardest part. Right. So like my setup, I'm in my living room for the most part. Sometimes I do the basement, but most recently for the longest time now I've been doing the living room and it's like, you know, I'm a DJ. I'm accustomed to interacting with people live, seeing their body, uh, body movement seeing their facial reactions and you can read a crowd that way. So now you come to Twitch now, nobody's in front of you. You're, you're in the middle of your living room and you have to act and you have to give off the energy like, boom, I'm in a club, it's hype and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, but you, 
it, it, it took some time, but you start, you can basically, the chat is the new dance floor and you can tell by the movement of the chat, the speed of the chat, um, if how people are interacting, uh, if they're feeling the vibe, then you, you you go off of emotes. You start looking at the emotes and like, okay, they're hype on this. And it's really become a science. And I was like, okay. So I kind of figured that out. Like you can read people by their reactions in the chat. And then, you know, I, I'm blessed. I have amazing mods. You know what I mean? Like I always say, people come for the music and they stay for the chat. Like, you know, uh, mm. shout out T-Locks. You know, she's here. She was here probably before me. Um, <laughs> the, the mods, T-Locks, Steph Miller. I got to shout them out and thank them so much for what they do. But uh, T-Locks, Steph Miller, Kim Sue, Nikki G, RC232, Tally2, it's J777. They come in and they they take care of the chat so well that it helps build the community and people love interacting with them. They're so engaging. So when the people come in, sometimes, you know, they, they fall into chats and I'll glance over and they're having interactions with each other. And I see like people come in and they all know each other and they, they, they conversate and it keeps them coming back. You know what I mean? So that's been a huge help. You know, having great mods like them has been has taken a lot of the weight off of my, my shoulders. I always say like the mods are like the security. Uh, they're the therapists. They, they, they bring a lot to the table. They're, they're, they're the backbone to the stream. Mm, that's a really powerful point. Yo, shout out Vanessa for the, the host. Remember the silent party 45 minutes. I don't remember the silent <laughs> party, but you could tell us what that the means. Silent party, the silent party. <laughs> the silent party was, I was streaming a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if it was in the new year. No, actually it was in December. And it was on a Tuesday. On Tuesday, I do a program called Total Rewind, where it's basically throwbacks, 80s, 90s, 2000s. And I decided this one Tuesday, I'm going to do an all dance hall, reggae dance hall edition. So we're doing the all reggae dance hall edition i think we were like 30 45 minutes in it energy was good vibe was good the room was nice power goes out but luckily i have uh i have a backup so that i would have wi-fi for at least four hours more so even though like i couldn't be on obs i couldn't be on screen i was still connected to the net so i ended up going down into the chat now and to my surprise i was like okay guys hold on we got a power outage hang on for a bit you know it'll come back in and we'll continue the show 10 minutes goes by, 15 minutes goes by, the power is still not on, but you know, we're all engaging, we're all communicating in the chat. The numbers start going up. There's no music playing. The people are like, hey, I think I hear Bougie right now. Oh, I think I hear Beanie Man. Oh, I think I hear that Vibes Cartel. And it was, it became a running joke. And they're all talking and saying, oh, I can hear this song playing right now. And they're all communicating and laughing and having a good vibe. 30 minutes goes by. I think there was over 30 people in the room and we're just, conversating, cracking jokes back and forth. Nobody's leaving. All of a sudden, people start throwing bits and subs to a stream that is- <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> it was like the most amazing thing. I was so humbled and honored at that. I looked at that and I was like, wow, like lights are out. We're just in here. I'm hoping that the electricity comes back on so I could continue the stream because it was such a good energy that we started off with. But here we are in the chat. And everybody's conversating, having having a good time, just the same, just just chatting. And people were not leaving. If anything, people more people started coming into the room, and we stuck there, like T Lock said, for like a good forty five minutes. And then we raided my brother Forever Preach, and I was like, wow. Like I was like, I, I felt for me that was like an experience. Like okay, Don, maybe there's something else you need to do here, other other than in addition to the music thing. You know, bring back some some of that talk vibe. That, People just love to interact and talk. As much as they love the music, people like to talk to other people even more. Yeah, I definitely would say I, I 
believe in that pretty strongly. Um, but of course, <laughs> no, but even that, like, I have to say, when I go to preach a stream, I care less about the music than I do about the more conversational parts. That's the truth of it. Music part, I've never, but like for me, I've never been the dude to really go to the DJ for the tunes. I've, I've kind of always gone, well, I either used to go to the record store and then it was the algorithm since I can remember. Um, mm. But the talk part is so interesting because that is the type of stuff I like watch for fun. Like I like to listen to people spit game and, and, and speak about things and that whole sense of community and, I think what you're saying about the the mods is super powerful. Um, I'm, Shout out to Bonnie. Yeah, preach. I mean, no disrespect. Most people probably love the music part. I mean, a lot of the music you play, the only time I ever hear it is on your channel, <laughs> which is like <laughs> just kind of how it goes sometimes. Cool. But like, uh, I think people like the inspiration. I mean, like especially like the the alliteration days i'm a sucker for like a monday motivation or a self-care sunday like i'm a sucker for alliteration throw that on there and i'm in it um yeah but yeah so like the talk part i don't know i mean i started watching the 20 year olds i find like little 20 year olds that get 30 numbers and like they just sit there and like do their hair for four hours and chat with people and they get better numbers than me so i'm like listen i i saw a stream somebody dragged me to a stream took me to a stream a guy was sleeping, no music, no nothing, like sleeping. And there was over 200 people in the room and he was legit just sleeping. And there was over 200 people in the room watching it. So uh, there's nothing surprising me on Twitch anymore what people will watch. Nah, I'm, I'm like bamboozled by it. And then like, I mean, I don't know how long term you can run that, but like, you know, shout out DJ DiBiase MTL for the follow. Um, hey, yo, shout out Bashman. I haven't seen DJ Bashment booth in a minute. Um, Welcome back, Bash. But yeah, I'm seeing people coming through. Um, but yeah, Twitch is wild. But I think the community part's super important. Um, that's yeah. the the and the mod part. What do you look for in a mod? I mean, honestly, like Bonnie holds it down, but I don't think Bonnie can hold it down by herself forever. And when Bonnie's not holding it down, oh boy, is the stream harder. <laughs> so it's like, what is it that you feel like is important? for that side of it because i know that there's a bunch of people probably going to get into twitch at some point and are not going to be thinking yeah. mods because it was certainly not my first thought to, to tell you the honest truth my mods found me in terms that all of my mods were people that were showing up at my stream on a regular basis they were there from you know from the time i turned the camera on and in, in in the first year and i would notice there was a pattern there was a group you know the t-locks the kim Su's, the rc232s Steph Miller's, they were showing up all the time. So I was like, okay, you guys are already here all the time. And they support the channel. Like whether it was two people, three people, four people, five people in the room in those days, they always came through and they supported. So I asked them if they'd be willing, if they'd be down to do it. And I think because I think that the mods in some cases, in my case, anyway, the mods chose the streamer. They saw a stream that they enjoyed and they liked. And, and I think that's why that there's, they're so attached to it and that they they have so much passion for it and they, and they support it and they get behind it because they were doing it anyway right they okay. were there they were the, the they were the my first supporters and they were there doing it and you know bless them for for being there and taking time out of their schedules to to do what they do for me nah super that's a good way to put it and that's honestly how everything seems to work you fucking just put yourself out there and people find you um well you get yeah, that that's it you attract you don't go after you attract. Yeah, 
that's a the smarter way to approach it all but do you plan on branching beyond then just music streams like would you would you go into like don smooth playing jackbox games with a bunch of people <laughs> they sound like forever preach we've had this conversation like on a weekly basis uh, i'm not sure about the jackpot games but ah, so good, um, dude. so good I, I i definitely have to like extend myself like i could definitely see myself doing uh product review or uh, you know I'm, I'm i'm a techie guy i love the dj technology i love when the new stuff comes out and uh that's definitely something that i'd like to add to to what i do is like you know have a day you sit down get my hands on some new products, showcase it, show it how it works, the ups and downs, the goods and the bads, uh, stuff that's DJ related, you know, start from there and, and work my way outward. Yeah, product review, Don, may actually be a hot commodity, though. Let's not, like, turn this idea down. That is, that's YouTube fodder, bro. That is how you can get some real bank on YouTube, honestly. <clears throat> I just have to figure out a, a way to do it because lots of people are doing product reviews. So I have to figure out how to angle it that bring in my edge, what's going to be different about mine from everybody else's. But I really think I could tap into the DJs and really show them like a neutral, uh, unbiased review of products or different DJ services. I, you know, I definitely, I think I could bring that to the table with my years of knowledge. You know, I've gone from the analog to digital days. So I've seen what works and what hasn't over time. Yeah, you could definitely do all of that. I mean, I'm just picturing it from like the how-to or product review keyword. And it's just like from an SEO perspective, oh my word, this is gold. And I don't think you have to worry that much about your edge, man. Like most people are boring. <laughs> like it's just, just what it is. Like you watch product reviews and they're never like, they're never talking to hip hop. They're just never, mm. they're never are. So like you just get into that sphere and you just speak naturally and you're going to attract it. Like, Nobody gave a crap about rappers rapping when they were making all their OBS videos. Yeah. There's a whole market that's just on top doing yourself and the exact same content, but just speaking different. That's how YouTube is. It's just, it's, it's, YouTube is so much like Twitch, only your content shorter and more polished. And like, that's the main mm -hmm. difference of it. So like, if you're doing a live product review and then you can just do it in a way where you structure it right, boom. And then you do it while you're interviewing somebody give preach what he wants a combination yeah. of product review interview Oof, that could be some hot like extra preview the new track oh, it's definitely something i could work it i just want to take a moment i always it's the twitch brain going i always have to shout out the people that come through shout out my brother je buns i see you shout out to bash dj dibiase nikki g everybody that's that's in the chat right now thank you for passing through shout out all y'all yeah, it's so different. Like, cause in the DJ world, you just like shout out everyone, and in the interview time, you're like half the time like I gotta shout them out at some point. But if I interrupt him now, it's gonna fuck up the whole vibe yeah. of this shit. So it's like no, I just I, have like I, a running tap. <laughs> I know where the breaks are. So yeah, I think that would be fire. Uh, like, and like, would you work with the DJ kind of gear in general, or would you expand it into like super regular stuff like Don Smooth reviews, Amazon lights? Yeah, you know what? I think I would have to start with my base, right? My foundation is DJing, so I would build, I would start there, and then, yeah, expand on it. Because ever since now, because of Twitch, now I've expanded, like, you know, I'm messing with lights now, I'm messing with cameras, I'm messing with a lot of things and different softwares and stuff that I never used before. So I think a, a lot of what I would like to do is show from the ground up, like how somebody 
that maybe has never had experience with Photoshop and After Effects, you know, really dumb it down and simplify it. Like if this is your first time doing it and you're a DJ that's never, you know, messed with these things before, how you could incorporate it in doing what you do and polishing up your product. Yeah, it's big fire. So you're going to be a DJ man and move into educational mentorship via tech reviews. That's big money. Well, <laughs> truth, truth be told, before Twitch, I was um, teaching DJ at, uh, within Lester B. Pearson here in Montreal. So like I was after school, I was uh, teaching high school kids how to DJ. And one of my DJs, be on the lookout, his name is uh, Pink Shoelace. Goes by the name of Pink Shoelace on Instagram couple of times now I've seen like Pink Shoelace has gone live where I see Fat Man Scoop is live. I'll go in and he's in the room with Fat Man Scoop. Like he's a real, he's a determined kid and he's managed to when you say create a rapport. The, when you say go in the room, you mean like, like on IG live, Okay. like yeah. he'll go on, Fat Man Scoop will be on IG live and you'll, you'll bring this kid into the room. And this is one of, this was like one of my students just like before the whole pandemic crap. Yeah, it's actually pretty wild. I heard our DJ scene, like, on the electronic side is just, like, next level. Like, they're really just kind of, oh, like, yeah. producing stars that I've never heard of because I don't really follow it. But, like, really, Montreal's DJs are, like, making noise around the world is what I'm hearing. Oh, yeah. And have been for a long time. Of course, we got the k and the A-Tracks and all that. But uh, there was like, you know, back in the 90s, there was like the Mark Anthony's and uh, the Miss Barbara's. And uh, these were people that went global a long time ago. So Montreal is definitely on the EDM circuit. Very, very well respected. Like, I mean, David Morales, legendary David Morales came and opened up uh, a club in Montreal, Stereo. Oh, fair. I had no idea. I mean. Yeah. I have the same amount of ignorance to that history of the city as I did to hip hop before I started learning. Only I put no effort into learning that side. I just know a lot of stuff's happening there and they be doing bigger things and their Facebook events have way better bios. That's all I can tell you is that scene. They believe in the artist bio in a way that I do not see on the hip hop side so much. Oh, the EDM is massive. I mean, like you got these festivals that, you know, there's a hundred thousand people. It's like, it's, it's a whole different stratosphere. Totally. Altogether. Yeah. It's wild to think about. Um, yeah. And yeah, like, just like preach that's Morales never knew. People don't know that kind of stuff. I know stereo. Yeah. And it's known. It's, it's, they, 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 they dub it as having the best sound system in all of North America. Do you agree? With they that they statement? take, they make that claim. Huh? Do you agree with that statement? I've never been to stereo. <laughs> I've never been there personally, but um, I've heard, yeah, that it's pretty amazing. I have heard that it's pretty amazing. I haven't personally been. Mm. But to make that statement, you definitely have to back it up with something. That's fair. I mean, I'm pretty sure a lot of places like that make statements like that, but people like you don't say it unless it's got like a level of cosign to it. Yeah. Um, uh, Bashman's saying it's true, so... I'm gonna run it and go that it's got it. I think I went once, but I was on Molly and I don't remember what it sounded like. So Okay. <laughs> it's just kinda how it goes sometimes. Um so with that the Twitch, right? I was um I just don't wanna forget this. I mean, now we we've warmed up a little bit. I was watching the mm -hmm. clips from a part one and there was something that you said you would talk about in the part two on Okay. I'm really hoping we could discuss that because like there's a bunch of people here now and I'm feeling it. But it's about the Junos and being a judge for that. And you were like, I'll do that in the part two. And I'm like, that's fantastic. I'm glad I, I reminded myself of that, me in the past watching this. So, like, 
how did you get involved in that? Because that's like a wild thing. You said seven years you were involved in yeah. the judging. I was on it. the I was on the panel for the uh, for the judging for the rap category for the Junos. How it came to be was, um, you know, when when I had the opportunity on the radio station, it 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 it's one thing that it opened doors for me. But then it's what do you do once those doors are open? And I reached out to everybody. So I started plugging in to all the people that I needed to plug into in Toronto. And I started getting a rapport with the, the labels. I knew the label reps here in Montreal. I went further and I started to make introduce myself to the label reps in Toronto. So I built up a little network. And at that time, you know, they were like, wow, okay, we got this dude now that we're communicating with. We want to know how these records are doing in Montreal. We want to know what's hot in Montreal. So I was that guy that I would give them uh, a top 20 or top 25, I think it was. I used to do this bi-weekly and I would type it out, send it to them, what's hot, what's not, what's working in the clubs, what's working in the radio. And I did this for a period of time and they said, well, listen, how, how, they're how like, did, Montreal. How did, you mm -hmm. get, how did you determine what was hot and not? Like, how did you get that information? Well, for one, I'm on the radio. I'm on the radio four nights a week uh, six for six hours. So you, you start to get a feel for what people are requesting, what people are getting into. And then on top of that, I'm DJing in the clubs two, three, sometimes four nights a week. So I'm visually seeing what's hot. So it was uh, very easy for me to make the determination. You know, I put together a legit list that really represented our city. Okay. So basically, because of the position you were in, you were just tapped in well enough and were collecting that data in general. Were you like tracking it in any kind of formal way? Or was it just like, yeah, I noticed this, I noticed that? Or did it become like something you were actively focused on? It wasn't, I wasn't saying like, I can't say that I was tracking it, like, you know, writing down, keeping the data and all that, but I did make note of what people were requesting. And then I would, I would make note of like, okay, this song is getting requested X amount of times in a show or X amount of times in a week, or I would be in the clubs playing and you're like, okay, you see, you try different things and you see, okay, this is really blowing up. This artist is making a lot of noise. This album's getting a lot of attention. And you went forward with that. And I would base my charts based on that. And I guess whatever I said to them made sense to them. And uh, then down the line, I don't even know if it was after six months or whatever, they said, listen, Montreal is the sig sig uh, second biggest market in Canada. And they're like, we have no representation. It's time that we open up the, the Junos and get more representation. They're like, plus there's the huge French scene out there that's underrepresented in terms of with the Junos. And they, they asked me if I would get on board. And I was like, hell yeah, why not? Sure. So once you get into the Juno vibe, like, what is it that the Junos cares about, I guess? Like, what do, what do you guys look at as a Juno judge? You know, it was, it, it doesn't go into, I wasn't, we didn't get into, I would think that it would be, uh, you know, the quality of the music or anything like that. There was just very simple criteria that they looked at. They wanted to know the time period of when the album was released uh that it was you know 100 like a, a canadian product and you know there was other little legalities that it had to meet. make sure you know you were signed to socan and stuff like that a little legalities that uh it was a legit album and if it qualified for an album so we would sit there i would go to toronto they would fly me out to toronto i would go to toronto and we would they would just open up a box with a stack of uh of music and we weren't listening to it like we were just they would pass the cds around we would look at it look at the credits in the back and we would determine what was worthy to to make the cut. So you guys literally judged the the CDs by the cover, not like hype or what? no. 
no, 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 no. It's not, it wasn't blind like that. We went through it. We went through the covers and the liner notes. We just wanted to see who the artists were, but also make sure that it met the certain criteria. We so had this, this was this was not necessarily about determining who was going to win. It was more no. at a qualification level to be considered. Exactly. Okay, I understand. Exactly. Yeah. And then when after that stage, then it went to a blind panel. Like they were anonymous. It went to another panel that listened to the songs then to to determine. But we were just we were at the stage at the judging stage. We determined if you're eligible to then go on to be considered to, for winning a Juno. Okay, so after you get vetted then, and is the criteria hard? Like, let's say you're just coming into the game. Is it worth applying for a Juno? I, when I came back, I was so happy that I was a part of it because it's a very simple process, and I don't think much has changed. Like, And I don't think a lot of artists in the city even knew this at the time. I wasn't aware of it. People were just able to go online. The link is there. Anybody could apply. I don't know. I think it was a, I think it was $30 back then. I'm not even sure what it was. And that was it. Like, there was not a whole lot to it. And you would make it in that pile to be considered for a Juno. And they, they, they told me, they're like, we don't understand. We don't get any submissions from Montreal. So they brought me in to bring that number up, to help them bring that number up, because it was very underrepresented. All of the submissions were basically Toronto. And you'd get the occasional that came from out west, a couple maybe from Van City, a couple from Alberta. But it was like 90% Toronto. So then I came in there, and we started bringing up, and I started showing Montreal guys. I'm like, guys this is not it's not that hard to be considered for this like people just didn't understand the process and once they did some uh good amount jumped on board that's interesting like i mean i can tell you i've never heard anybody i know personally in the hip-hop game go for a juno i mean mm. that i know personally not that i know because i don't know who's gone for a juno <clears throat> i looked it yeah. up at one point and i think it's like a 100 bucks now but even still it's not like I mean, that's nothing, all things considered. It's not even, like, a number that's stress. And, like, I think uh, I think a lot of us don't pursue a Juno because in the back of your mind, you're like, I ain't sold shit. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and there's sales was didn't come into a part of being eligible. I mean, it preached as a few of us apply. It doesn't mean you're getting chosen, though. I mean, that's fair. I just, like, I'm saying it's one of those things where, like, I guess you have moments where you're like, how is it like nobody I've talked to has like been like, yo, I went for that Juno this year. And like nobody I ever talked I, to. I, I think I, then, I think people t t just didn't know how. And then to think that they want us to do it, you know, like that oh, feels like a cash grab. I suppose, yeah, if you're putting up $100 and you're not getting anything out of it, that does feel like a cash grab. I, but at the end of the day, you know what? I don't. I don't. Well, wanna... listen. Hold on. I mean, let, let me just to address that. You have to remember the people that are sitting down. They're label heads. It's 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 label heads. It's other radio people that are there. So let's say you don't get chosen for the Juno. There's no guarantee that you're going to be chosen for the Juno. But your your name then goes into you become you're increasing awareness of who you are. I discovered a lot of artists getting their CDs there that I would have never heard about. So then, boom. I might go and look up that artist. I might be interested to start playing that artist's music. So the Juno is might be the end all of what you hope to get out of it, but it's still you're exposing yourself to people in the industry that possibly could do something for you. That's fair. Honestly, I never thought I'd win a Juno, but I certainly want a nomination. Like I want my name on TV next to Drake so Drake can beat me. 
like, why not? Because, like, I mean, maybe for, like, but I mean, as Preach is saying, like, Drake's going to be there. Cool. But, like, yeah, I kind of I kind of would, like, be really okay with losing to Drake, personally. Like, just I would love to see my face there next to Drake. I'd be like, that's wild. My mom would watch that on TV. And, like, psh, all of my shitheadery of my teenage years would be forgotten. <laughs> I don't know. But, like, I get, like, I get why other people might not want to. But, like, I don't know. To me, I'm like, that is – because I don't give a shit about winning a Juno. I'm like, I don't really yeah. believe in award shows like that. Like, I just I just want the nomination. To go to, I want to go to the party. I don't even – I know you have to pay to go to the party, too. Like, I know that's not even free. I'm okay with that. Think about how dope yeah. that story would be. Like, I went to the Junos. As a, psh, that's a fucking YouTube video right there. For sure. Flip that into some merch or something. I don't know. Make actual money off the experience of getting nominated. That's what I would want. That's my dream off the Junos. I couldn't care less about winning. I mean, winning would be nice, but then Drake will show up and then, yeah. <laughs> what are you supposed to do? I wasn't, I wasn't an award show, that, <laughs> the Stylist Awards. Uh, it was like right before, well, I mean, Drake was already big at the time. And uh, I was at the award show and uh, yeah. I was nominated for a couple of awards, like radio, radio host and DJ of the year type stuff like that. And I went up and uh, I was an announcer and I was on stage when, when the Drake came on stage. So at that point, it was like the nominations, all that. It was cool and all that. But then it was a good experience because we got to rub rub shoulders backstage uh, after the show. So it was like, OK, sometimes, you know, you I went there for one thing and then something else even better ended up happening. Out of it, so. yeah, it's cool. I mean, for me, it's like, eh, I mean. Even a Grammy. After I found out how weird the Grammys are, it's like, I'm okay not winning a Grammy for the rest of my life. That's fine by me. You know what we should do, though? It's just invent our own award show. I don't know that I should invent an award show. I think somebody more like Preacher, you should invent an award show. Y'all have more credibility, is all I'm saying. Well, they, they got all kind of Twitch awards I've been seeing popping up. Seems like anybody can do them. But... <clears throat> Yeah, the Grammys are wild. I mean, I don't know how legitimate the Junos are. I know that there's that legendary story of swollen members going viral via the Junos by accident. Like, they won and nobody was expecting it. So, like, I heard that story and I was always very motivated by that because pff, swollen members can win by accident. Not by accident, but, like, anyone can. And then I liked them yeah. and their music was solid. So, like... I always felt a little bit that there was credibility in the Junos, but that nobody outside of Canada gave a shit. No. Or the Americans, if they're even aware of it, you know, but yeah. I'm cool with that. I still fucks with the Junos. I watched them a lot when I was young, but. But you see what, what that whole experience did for me was then like I met the Jodies uh, and the Jay Devinishes in Toronto. So now whenever the artist, let's say the artist didn't come to Montreal now, so this was a byproduct of me doing what I did with the Juno uh, nominees. So now the label heads started booking me for the interviews, like sometimes the artist didn't come to Montreal, but they would say, okay, listen, you got to talk to this guy, does Montreal radio, and then they started, you know, it expanded my network and my reach, and I was able to get access to a lot more people after that, so. Yeah, that's a good point. I think as a, like the Twitch journalist media people, Going to the Junos is a different flex than going as a rapper. That's a whole different vibe. I, like, I'm not even thinking about it like as a rapper. I'm just going, yo, I could TikTok it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Have you gotten into TikTok yet? Not yet. My son is this that I need to get on there and, and do some stuff on there. So it's, I, I don't rule out anything. I just haven't made my way over there yet. 
yeah. He sounds like the judges are the real Juno celebs. That's fair, man. It does sound like that a little bit. Y'all get to do all the fun stuff. That's up. Yo, it sounds like a they good treated job. Us well, I can say that. I'm, they treated us well. That's it. If the artist got to pay to go to the party, pay to travel, pay to everything, and the judge gets flown over and gets, you know. Yeah. All right. I see where you're coming from. It's just perspectives, <laughs> right? I just. Right. Um, yeah, TikTok. That would be something. I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, I can't say definitively it's the firest thing in the world. I can say I fucking like TikTok now. I like it so mm. much I barely care about using Facebook because it's like TikTok is fun and Facebook is mean. I know that's a simple <laughs> way of putting it, but the Facebook of 2022 is a weird place. And TikTok doesn't show me any of that weird shit. It's just like, boom, here's a bunch of couples jokes because we know you like couples jokes. And I'm like, I do like that shit. Give me more of them. <laughs> that is... That's the only downside. TikTok can distract the shit out of you for like 5, 10, 20 minutes sometimes. You're like... Oh, easily. You go down those rabbit holes and you just keep on going and going and going. But other than that, it's fun to make them. I feel like TikTok has forced me to think about visual creation in a different way. How do you make a one-minute music video? But I'm watching people pull it off and it's like, oh, this is just different, you know? And it got me like really... It got me feeling the way you felt about Twitch because like I had such a challenge I'm used to like long unabridged very little editing and TikTok is um if you ever disappear <laughs> that's funny it could happen so I could get kidnapped by TikTok or something I don't know but like all I'm saying is it's forced me to think about creating video content and visuals in a completely different way. That's going to make me a much better video editor and creator in the future for other kinds of content. And it's really cool because it makes, it makes it fun to play with video editing in a way where Adobe makes it not fun to play with video editing. Yeah. That's why it's does. So like outside of that, like what are some of the, the kind of experiences and benefits you see from the Twitch game that you've had and how it like is going to propel forward. Like what comes next, I guess, in the Don smooth experience. Well, you know, we keep on, um, continue grinding, uh, build that community. Um, I like the direction things are going. And like I mentioned, like, you know, expand on what we're already doing. And then, um, as mentioned, you know, you bring back some of the radio elements because, like that 45 minutes of silence that T-Locks referred to, it definitely showed me that there's something there. There's something, I'm not going to bring back Don Smooth of K103. That that train has left the station a long time ago, but I definitely see um, implementing more chatting going forward. I've even asked my community how they would feel about it. And it was like, everybody's down for it. They would like to see it. So it's just for me to figure out, you know, the day and the time when I'm going to do it. And now, reaching the the thing that i love about twitch is the fact that it's global right so i'm reaching you you're reaching the world so like the possibilities are endless you could go so far with it is your audience like mostly in montreal or have you managed to like tap into other countries and other places definitely the the core audience is montreal uh, a lot of people from toronto drop in but more and more as of recently uh now that i stream in the daytime i used to always stream at night before but now that I've uh, I pop in at three o'clock Eastern Standard Time, we're getting the the Germany. You know, the other day we get Denmark, uh, we get the UK pretty often. Uh, South Africa pops in New Zealand, so that's another thing now that I've learned about. Okay, 
what's a good time to situate myself where, you know, I'm not just thinking Montreal, not just thinking Eastern Standard, but then you think about the rest of the world. When I was going on at night, the whole rest of the world is sleeping. So I come on in the afternoon now and starting to get those people from from overseas, from Europe and all that. Yo, that's a wild thought that like, so your world to capitalize on time. That's why I preach is going so early in the day. That makes a lot of sense. Yalla yalla just capitalizing Man. on globe. And Don would shut down Twitch at the time. You should just do a talk show. Just shooting the shit with Don Smooth. Like, <laughs> like it seems like a weird thing, but, like, people kind of appreciate the wisdom of guys like you who have actually been there, done that, and seen things. Like, even when I'm listening to our last interview, just the idea of how you see the world through singles and – uh, and how they give you these DJ press kit things, in a sense, that provide you with all these materials. I don't even know you need all that stuff. And I'm finding out you're getting all this stuff. And a lot of us don't get exposed to it because, believe it or not, Googling shit is is not helpful for a lot of these topics. Like, it is after a, lot, a while, but the original parts of Googles are pretty bad. Like, most of the people that rank now say really garbage crap. So, like, people might be exposed to a lot of information, but they lack the wisdom of somebody such as yourself to come through and kind of cut through the noise. Even if you right. reacted to shit, man, you could even go that route if you have no other ideas. Just watch some fucking talking people and be like, that's yeah. some <laughs> bullshit. That's some fire. You know, like, what Preach is doing, curating fucking wisdom, is just another route for it. Because, like, <laughs> he's like... <laughs> Preach is like, I just spent four hours saying all this to you, which is like, it might be what it is, but it's because I want to see that. I'm just a selfish person when it comes to content. You want to see something, you're like, nah, Don Smooth got like a vibe to him when he tells stories. I want to see more stories from Don Smooth. How do you get that? I'm going to share them. I'm going to share them. And then, But that's that's like, that's why people want to see the talk show shit. And I think even with music too, it's harder to make personality through music i don't know like i feel like i remember talking more than i remember the songs you played even you're like like the way you like just say people's names has like a different energy than other people <laughs> well i guess I, I guess that's a good thing but you know preach and i have this conversation i swear like weekly like we just did, had like a two three hour conversation the other day and he's like don he's like you got to bring back the talk he's like just go out there and do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. And uh, it's definitely something that's been there. You know, something that I'm going to address, I'm going to do. And um, I just have to figure out exactly how I want to structure it. Uh, but I definitely, I'm going to sample that and try that out. Because with the music thing, it's fantastic, it's great. But then, like, it's it's not it's not separating me from anybody else that's playing music. That's but fair. then when, the, when you... When I bring in more of me, of my personality, and put the music to the background, switch places. Right now, the music's in the forefront, and I'm there navigating through it. But if I bring myself to the forefront, put the music in the background, and when you create a personality, I feel then that's something that people will connect with even more. Yo, Preach is dropping ideas in the chat right now that might sound like really ridiculous, but it's how Mr. Bean made all his money. Mr. Beast, sorry. Mr. Beast, oh, the YouTuber, like not Mr. Bean. That was a mistake. Mr. Beast, the YouTuber, basically did a bunch of ridiculous shit with absolute confidence, and he is fucking loaded right now. And he, his whole job <laughs> is like, I'm gonna get paid to give away a half a million dollars, and somehow makes ten million dollars on that. So like, 
But because well, he's saying shit like, tell Don, read the ingredients on a can of beans. Man, if you just picked up items and made a YouTube video, just like fucking reading the ingredients, just like Don Smooth <laughs> reads. And then you just do the shit, Reads, reads, preaches killing me. But yo, Don Smooth Reads would be a hot series. I'm a content marketer. I might not be the best at everything, but I know when I, when I can see a series that you can reproduce at very little effort to your life, that would be weirdly hot because people are weird, even though you and your heart and soul are like, this is the dumbest shit I've ever seen. It might be. That doesn't yeah. matter sometimes because the shit would be hot. Why? Just picture what marijuana does to people, my guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just got to remember it's that. It's definitely noted. College stoner kids are a very, you know, it's a big market now that weed's legal. And that's the type of shit where, who knows, maybe you, you read educational stuff too. Maybe you just break down what this shit means. I don't know. I'm just going to spitball it for a That's just how my well, brain goes you, with it. You, you know, it's interesting that you guys mentioned this right now because uh, something else that I have started doing now in uh, late 2021 is I've actually started doing voice acting. So doing ads for, you know, I did something for Gatorade. I did something for the TD Bank. So that's something now that's like going to be awesome. names. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got... Uh, I got into voice acting, and um, so definitely the Don Smooth Reads is not too far from reality. <laughs> yeah, like, because yeah, as, as Preach is saying, if you read books on Audible, that'd be money. And you might, yo, that one's actually a hot idea. I don't know how you get into that shit. I know it involves getting into voice acting, but, yo, that sounds like a, that would be such an ill job. You're getting paid to read out loud. Whew. Yeah, you, you could just sit in your pajamas in a robe all day long and just read scripts. Like, it's, I love it. I just got introduced to it. I've done a couple of things, and it's, like, that's definitely where I'm going to put a lot of energy going forward. And then maybe that's something that I would, you know, once it reaches a certain level, that's something I could introduce on Twitch. Like, boom, auditioning for voice acting or doing reads for voice acting, how to approach it now that I'm learning about that. Yeah, you, sh- you could do that now. Cause you're doing it yeah. like you're if you you were to give me advice right now i'd be like yo don smooth's done two of them bro i gotta listen to don smooth i've done outside of my day job none of that shit but it is dope that <laughs> you got into voice acting <laughs> how did that like fall into your lap uh truth be told i was referred by a friend of mine um who we came up in the radio ranking together cousin Vinny, from uh i think he's on virgin is it virgin they, they change the name so often i believe it's virgin so Cousin Vinny, the morning man from Virgin, um, he referred me to the agency that he works with. And then, you know, we connected. I did a, a demo. And then the rest is history. And they started calling me and sending scripts my way. And it's like, here's a script for Gatorade. Here's a script for TD. And the last one I did was actually for um, Discovery, something on like the Nature Channel. But I'm still waiting to hear back from that one. But it's I was like, wow, like you want me to read this and you get this? I was like, wow. And you have to like edit it yourself and all that. I send, I, I, I record everything because I got my setup here at home. I do my recordings. I send it to them and they clean it up and they polish it. And that's it. So you just got to, you just got to know how to do the voice thing. Yeah. Yeah. You got to know how to do the voice. And you would think like, you know, you're just going in there and talking, but there's really like a, an art to it. Like I thought I was like, okay, I've been making commercials for years, but it's not like that. You know, they, they want certain tones and certain ranges and you got to sound this way for that and sound happy for this, but not too happy. And they, like, they're, they're, they're very meticulous in and very particular in what they want. But uh, yeah. Yeah, there's a wide range. I started watching ads on YouTube for like inspiration. 
at one point. It might sound weird, but I realized I could do a mean customer service how-to video, but put me on a promo video and I sound like ass. And they're like completely different <laughs> voices. And yeah, Bash was working on his voice. But yeah, uh, watch ads, actually. That would be the only thing I can tell you to do. Because if you want to know the range yeah. of voices, watch ads. And like, you know, like when you rap songs or whatever, it's like that. It's weird, but it's kind of like that, I think. I mean, I'm certain there's like. I mean, that's how I prepared when when I had to do my demo. That's what I prepared. I like everything's on YouTube. You can learn everything on YouTube. I went on YouTube, and I said I Google like the movie guy, like the top guys in the industry, and I watched how they deliver and how they use their voice. You know, like almost to say like an instrument. And I'm like, okay, it's it's not just reading a script. So. Nah, it's uh, it's it's definitely more involved. It's almost like being a vocalist for like singing, but just not singing. It's different yeah. but really similar i mean i did um i just did a bunch of tutorial videos at work and had to like i got criticized heavy at first for it because i was too rappy and they weren't happy with it and i had to get more into my like when corporate it, voice the customer service voice less corporate but like more like hey everyone and welcome to how to whatever this week we're going to be covering how and it's that like reassuring and encouraging and i'm picturing the old grannies and shit and the people you know you gotta like honestly know who you're talking to for that and that that's all i got that that voice <laughs> i can yeah. i could do a mean how-to video for like anybody <laughs> and that's about all i could do really well um and then but it's like that kind of shit it's it reminds me a lot more like of being a customer service agent on on the phone and having to like mm. adapt to your client and it's more like tapping into that shit than anything I ever did with music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 a different beast, it's a whole different world on on, on how you approach it. But I, it's something that I'm I'm enjoying right now. That's dope. So as far as like the guy, for me, I, I always I always look forward. Like I, I'm always thinking, okay, you know, we're here now, but then what's gonna be next? Like what you gotta continually sleep evolve. And I'm so I, I feel so blessed that I, I'm fortunate enough that I'm evolving and still doing things that are kind of in the lane of what my foundation is built off of just extending it in different ways different ways i mean i think that's part of why you get the legendary title and stuff um <laughs> i i you know it kills me every time i hear that because and you know shout out to everybody like and you know what i've heard that more like i've been getting the praise and the accolades I think the most now since I've been on Twitch, I don't know if it's because people are getting to see me uh, in the flesh now as opposed to when they were listening to me on the radio. But I mean, I knew that I had an impact on the city of Montreal, but like I would have never imagined that people, you know, would have been calling me a legend and all that. But uh, I, I take the title now. I won't, uh, <laughs> I'm glad that I had an impact. When I say that, I'm, I'm glad that I had an impact on the city. And I'm glad more than anything that I'm a part of people's memories. Like Preach will tell you the first time he heard a single on the radio, Don Smooth dropped it, or the first time he had an article in the newspaper, I wrote it, or, you know, other people have different memories. The fact that I'm a part of people's memories, to me, that's legendary. Man, I've had people brag about you hanging up on them. Okay, like, <laughs> like you gotta understand, I, I've just, it's, it wasn't once, it was like five, six times, sometimes on this very platform, Don Smooth hung up on me, I could never act, and I'm like, Man, that's hilarious you gotta be like a legend <laughs> to have somebody like a full-ass growing-ass man brag about you hanging up on them that is hilarious <laughs> well them phones did get busy at times they did 
so like let's say we wanted to revive something like that in the city i mean evidently if it created memories something like that should exist i don't know preach be doing his thing everybody be doing their thing but yo like i look at best lists and and choosing the best is one of the hardest things in the world to actually do so to be in the position of curating that how does one approach it well with me going back to what was done uh in my radio time was i let the audience choose it i put it out there to hopefully get an unbiased uh opinion and i let the audience choose you know we had a segment that was called uh, battle of the new tracks and basically i would take two songs in the in the beginning it used to be like industry songs it would be like jay-z versus i don't know whoever at the time uh fat joe whatever um and then over time i was like you know that's cool and all that but i'm like that's not really doing anything like they don't need none of that so i was like i started doing it with locals i started doing it with uh, locals one of the first groups was fbi jedis which was a group out of uh, ganawage i started with them so they're the hometown heroes so they were slaughtering everybody but then it got their fans tuning into the radio. And then there was an extension. People would be tuning in like, okay, we got to tune in. Listen, we got to support, call up the radio station, both for our groups. So I was like, okay. I was like, we got something here. So I was like, you know what? Instead of me doing mainstream artists that don't need this, I'm going to focus on the local artists. And then at the same time, that was making those artists go out there and say, made them work. They had to call up their friends and say, listen, you got to call the radio station and vote for me. You got to get behind there and support me. And it just snowballed to the point where like, I had like, there was a waiting list of people that wanted to be on the battle of the new tracks. And then I let the, the audience decide. The audience would decide who was the best. And if you won for like, you know, two weeks, if you ran, I think I used to do it. Like if you had to win like 10 in a row, if you run, ran for, uh, for two weeks, then I would put your song into rotation. Those songs never played throughout my show. That was the only time those songs would get played. So you, you won the battle of the new tracks. That's how you earned a spot to get played among the other music after that. Yeah, that's a and, super uh, interesting. The, the, audience, the audience decided. Nah, that's, that's a wild concept. I mean, it's hard to do with Instagram. Instagram's a weird platform for it, but it might be really pull. You could probably pull something like that off on Twitch. You could like leverage mm -hmm. a Discord for the calls. Yeah. That'd be wild. Because, um, yeah, I don't know. Something like that is needed. There's there's no, like, unbiased middle ground <laughs> where people can submit the music that's, like, a hub. Um, I, and I, I guess it adds context to what I see other people doing and trying to bring it back and why so many people were like, we need to bring back what Don Smooth was doing. Because I've heard that, too. Even before I talked to you, people were saying that about it because, like, there was something to it. But really it brought people into it it brought fans into it it brought like a level of it and you can kind of do that with an instagram story but like it just disappears really quick and then it's just not yeah. cool like i don't find like instagram <laughs> sticks like it's just nobody cares after two weeks yeah so it's microwave you know it's just hot for a minute and then you know, people move on to the next thing where people really got invested into this like they were up on it on a, on a daily basis shout out to pixie definitely uh, forever preach i think definitely He's he's on that Montreal vibe right now. He's he's promoting the Montreal music, nice. exposing them to Twitch now. So like he's grabbed the baton and he's running with it. Guys like yourself, five one four online mix. Like you guys have, I've passed the baton. You guys are running with it now. So definitely that's something that can continue on. And you have your versions of it. But it was really it, what more than anything. Um, 
it made the artists uh, level up. It, it gave the motivation. They learned that like, you can't just show up at the radio station here, play my CD and get played. No, you got to earn that. You want, you want your music to get played. I don't care if you call your friends and your friends or all your friends are calling the radio station for you to win. That's kind of what you got to do. You got to build that fan base. Those are the same friends. Now, when you got to do a show, these are the people that you got to get to buy tickets to come and support you. So I was indirectly, I was trying to plant that in the artist. Like, this is a way you got to market yourself, get your people behind you to support you. And you want to get played on the radio. It's not for free. But if you show me that you did this and you went through these steps, I'll drop you in there and you'll be playing next to the, the mainstream artists as well. And you would see like the quality of it, like it started here and the quality of the music, like it really took off over time. It forced people to level up and to, to get better at what they were doing. So like if you were to do something like that today, would you do it with videos? Like how would you manifest this? I mean, it's, if, if you're talking the Twitch route, I would definitely, as much as possible, like to bring the videos because, I mean, the capabilities are there, so why not use it? You know what I mean? Radio, video wasn't an option, but video is an option now. So if I was to do it on Twitch, I would hope that the artists would have videos or come through with some kind of visuals. Say if they don't have a video, maybe they could record themselves spitting it. People just like to put a face to the voice or to what they're doing. You know, it just adds to the total package. So I would definitely like a video to be a part of it. A big part of what I do on Twitch is, is video DJing now anyway. But for something like that, I wouldn't come back and do it the way it was done in, you know, 2010, for sure. I would want to add the, the videos to it. And so for you, it's not necessarily about, like, the illest music video, but just about adding to that person ability to it. So people should just be pushing videos regardless. Well, push good, good stuff. Like, you don't just push something for the sake of pushing it, but put together something of quality that's, that's worthwhile, that, you know, other people will, will get something from it. Don't just make something for the sake of making it. That's fair. Uh, uh, making music videos is hard. It is definitely like a whole other kind of thinking that's unlike most things I ever had to think about before. I made a whole lot before somebody told me B-roll was important. And then I'm like, oh, mm. that's some important shit. And then I guess you can learn about it. But, yo, it's hard to make good videos when you don't know anything about making good videos. <laughs> I, I've been on a few sets. I see it. It's, it's a process. I've been on a few video sets. It's a process for sure. But um, so outside of like that, what about the freestyle stuff? Would you be like, do you see like a need for people to be able to come through and do that? Because I believe you had a whole freestyle thing and that gave a lot of artists memories too. Because that's the thing that I okay. think is most interesting is that it left memories. To me, it's less about the clout, but more about the motivating people because that's what's going to, like you said, make people up their game. If they achieve or if they don't, one way or another, it's a signal. Yeah. Uh, the freestyle thing, you know, I, I, to be honest, I haven't given it much thought. I, I try not to, like, for me to approach it, I wouldn't want to come back and just redo what was already done. I would like to put a spin on things that were done already. you got to evolutionize things, like, that was done. It worked. It was successful. People loved it, had fun with it. Uh, even apparently, even if they got hung up on. But um, people love the whole freestyle thing. You know what I mean? Uh, people love to see it. So there's a way. I would have to think of a way, blueprint a way to do it and, and modernize it. Yeah. But does anyone, does anyone still freestyle? Yes. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, like, a lot of people don't because they're shy. Uh, something I found out happened is 
a lot of the guys older than me were really like harsh with their feedback. And apparently a lot of people took that to sensitive hearts and never decided to become better freestyles with it. Now, whether they were cut out for it or not, I don't know. In the current market, everybody's shy. <laughs> it's, it's really bizarre. So I made an environment where I'm like, you can suck. So people showed up and a few people came and like, you know, this one dude was really not good on his first night. And if I had hung up on him, he wouldn't have got good. But then he kind of got good. He like he would go home and he'd practice off cam all week and shit. And then he came back. And I was like, and he got better. But he has a kid, so that's what happened. Almost everybody I know is breeding. Real life kicks in. And yo, do kids make people not be able to commit to things in like regular time period. And I'm not hating on parents for that. I totally respect the fact that you should probably prioritize your child. But it makes it so hard to work with people when they keep popping out kids over the last two years. <laughs> mm, I would imagine so. But yeah, I, I think that for me, that was the one thing I noticed. Even myself, like I, I went to an end of the week Quebec thing where it was like Monkey and fucking CL and all these guys. And on top of that, they're rapping in French. So I'm like... English and out of my element and I didn't know you're supposed to like force your way in a little bit and I'm just like you know it, it was like I didn't know any of the rules of this shit and, and I'm, we're talking mm -hmm. like 2020 so it's not even that long ago and I finally started rapping at one point and I was like okay got in they know I rap now but like man people don't even know you rap half the time they just like look at you like who the fuck's this guy and then they just do their thing and I'm like yo I see why a lot of people I know because most of the people I know that rap now they work in like jobs they're not let's say nobody I know that raps is from the streets so that level of assertiveness might not be fully the same okay okay so it's a little different whereas in in my time of the well we had a wide range you had the dudes that were working and you had the dudes from the streets that were able to fund their career and 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 get production and get videos and all that and uh definitely they had the swag about them and, and all of that yeah i know a lot of dudes that don't necessarily have that level of confidence in themselves is what i've realized and i'm being delicate with how i say it but like whether it's employment opportunities in life or a career or whatever, I've noticed that a lot of people aren't, aren't like brave like that. However, a lot of people be at home freestyling by themselves. I just don't think that they feel comfortable in public. And I say that because I tried to run a cipher in public and man, people were not comfortable freestyling on the internet, but like from other cities, they obsess with it. But here, they're all okay doing it in like an alleyway or in, in private. You go to a party, everybody's rapping, but nobody want to do it yeah. in public. <clears throat> you know, as someone, I, I've been in the entertainment business, entertainment industry, and it's okay to get nerves. It's, it's normal. I think they always say like, if you, if you don't get nervous, then something is wrong. Like if you don't get nervous when you're about to perform or go on stage, then something is wrong. And um, th that anxiety for me personally, th that anxiety is there. Like, I could share a story with you. I remember, uh, I don't even know what year it was. Anyways, it was like year three of the, the Montreal International Reggae Fest. I get called the night before, hey, Don Smooth, uh, we want you to host tomorrow. Great, I'm there. I'm at the Reggae Fest all the time anyhow. Oh, by the way, we want you to introduce Gregory Isaacs. I'm like, damn, okay. My thought in my mind, it's like, there's two sides. It's like, oh my God, this is a huge opportunity. 
And then the other side is like, oh my God, I'm introducing Gregory Isaacs. Like you get one chance at this, you can't, you can't suck doing this. You know what I mean? So to those people that you're talking about that they, they get quieter, they get shy and they don't want to come out and talk. If you want to be a rapper, you cannot be quiet and shy. But anyway, not to go off on a tangent. Nah, that's a big so, point though. You, then you can't like then you gotta you're in the wrong business you know what i mean it's show and prove that's it that's all so the day comes now it's saturday i'm at my nephew's uh i'm at a kid's party i'm at my nephew's birthday party things are running late it's like i gotta be downtown by a certain time to the old port to 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 do this introduction for gregory isaacs so now the closer it gets to the time i'm looking at the time i'm like my nerves like it's 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 going it's going it's building it's building but at the same time i'm like don you're a radio host this is what you do you want to you got this invitation you want to take it there then you show up like you do this no matter how much anxiety you're feeling you got to do this this is what you're doing i get there like i'm late like i have like five, like no time to prepare no time to go backstage and sit down i literally got there got to the gate got my media pass and i'm running through the crowd I get there like, okay, Don, you're going on now. So it's like, I got on stage and there's Reggae Fest at these times, we're talking 15, easily 15,000 people. I get on the stage. I had nothing, I had nothing prepared. I get on, I literally ran from the car. I ran to the stage. Nothing's prepared. Nothing's written down. I get up there and it just, it just clicked. Something just clicked. And I was like, I mean, keep in mind, I had a couple shots before I took the stage. Let's be honest. <laughs> Um, I'll be honest. <laughs> I, I, I didn't forget that. I made sure I had a couple of shots before I took the stage. I wasn't going out there dry. And, and something just clicked in my head. And I said, I always, in reggae chants, people, are you ready? That just, that, that just jumped into my head. So I'm like, uh, people, are you ready? And of course, in a reggae environment, the crowd erupted. So I was like, all right, cool. Nerves are completely gone now. So I was like, Montreal, are you ready? They got even louder. I said, ladies and gentlemen, now it's time for the cool ruler, Mr. Night Nurse. And the crowd whipped into a frenzy and brought out and I brought out Gregory Isaacs to the stage. So all that to say, I did not let the anxiety, I, as much as I was feeling the anxiety, that anxiety turned into such a strong energy that I had a, a, an audience. They were in my hands. Like what I was saying, I had them. And they were repeating it and just getting loud and whipped into a frenzy. And it was like, I still remember it to this day, like every moment of that. It was amazing. Yeah, I'm with RC232 with the just got chills there. I was like sitting there going, yo, you need to get on that fucking site where the celebrity people say shit. <laughs> Cameo. <laughs> And just just open a cameo. I You know what? Even if it's just in, in your sphere of things. You might be able to get people to send each other birthday cards in your voice and you make a little something. Imagine that. I'm not, I am. I can do that. I, I'm imagining it and I believe you should do it because I think people would do it. <laughs> I don't know if a lot All of people All that to say would. is so, like for the artists out there, if you have any artists that are in the chat right now that are listening, if you, you just, you just got to go with it, man. Like I've noticed anytime that I've had a lot of anxiety or stress about doing something in entertainment in the business, you just do it. And you will be so surprised how successful or how good it comes out. And it just motivates you to never say no. There's, of course, I've been doing this for 30 years. I started in 1992. This is my 30th year. It gets no easier. When I have to get on stage, there's always a level of anxiety. When I have to play, there's always a level of anxiety. But I don't let that so stop I me. I feel what you're saying. I mean, I definitely don't disagree with you. 
I just know that there are people who freestyle, but unfortunately, they don't like coming out in public and freestyling. <laughs> they got they, they well, they got to break through that, and they will see that it's it's not as bad when they actually do it. Like, cause if you don't do it, then you then you never really know. You're 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 kind of selling yourself short. You might go up there and do it and just rock the crowd or rock whoever's in front of you, and then you're like, okay, Yo, and that just builds like, you up. You you'll never know if you don't do it. I'm like the regular public. Because, yo, we were in Girard Park this summer, and we went, like, late, so it wasn't that lit. But we had, like, grannies and shit watching. And I know for a fact some of my raps were highly mediocre. And they were, like, totally okay. into it. Because they're fucking like, yo, people are in the park freestyling. This is some New York shit. Yeah, and they're being entertained. I'm like, cool. And, yo, like, and I realized it's not, like, you only get better the more you do it is the other part of it. Like, you can't get better at rapping in public. Yo, like, this Meyer Clarity kid shows up next to me and made me feel like I couldn't rap, but I still had to because I can't not rap. I'm hosting and shit. <laughs> I like, but it made me realize, yo, there's so much to it in that, like, in real life crowd, but, like, if it's powerful. That's the one thing I think about this internet shit that has me kind of, like, wondering about a lot of people I see on the internet now. I'm like, I don't know how people are going to translate back to real life. Like, who cares if you got 10,000 views if you can't get on a stage? I like, At the end of the day, you still got to be able to show and prove in real life. Definitely. And these are, At the end of the day. Yeah. Like, I just, um, I don't know. It's weird. I guess with Twitch, though, like, maybe... Maybe you can just do your whole career on Twitch, though. Like, because, I mean, it sounds weird, but, like, there are people who in the rapper world have, like, I pay my rent money from freestyling off the chat. They got to do it, like, eight hours a day and shit. So they sit there for eight hours a day smoking weed. The chat puts comments, and they fucking freestyle, and they pay their rent. And I'm like, so... Oh, no, definitely. It's it's grown to the level that, yeah, you can avoid... If you don't want to do it in the real life, you definitely can monetize and do it on digi digitally on digital platforms. For sure. Definitely. <laughs> I'm not going to comment that part of that. <laughs> but did I... Yeah, no, just uh, uh, DJ DBIC and preach. I'm like, eh, I don't have no, I have no opinion on that subject. I don't. Um, I met Dirtwork once in real life at a show, and I that was it. That's my whole experience with him. And then I've seen him on Facebook winning Grammys. So yeah, <laughs> like, and then like my friends are friends with him. So I guess that's cool. I can say I'm friends with his friends but like <laughs> friends with his friends yeah I, he was he was a regular at the station like you know he was producing a lot of dudes back in the day he was uh big producing for bad news brown producing for magnum for a lot of other people and once again here's a guy he grinded um he started traveling out to toronto started making connects there uh was it i guess yeah boy wonder teamed up with boy wonder started getting into the right places in the right rooms his product was 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 dope and uh, you know we see what's going on with him now so Power to dirt work, man. Another Montreal export. Yeah, I like the way you said export. Um, basically, that's how I see a city as a cultural export that is competing for for itself. When I'm like, mm -hmm. hold up, y'all know? I don't know. Somebody told me they got paid five racks to go to Atlanta to do a show from here, and I said, wait, that's a thing. And he said, yeah, they're like Montreal. That's lit. And I was like, that's a thing. And then I found out that other people think Montreal's lit. It's just Montreal that's weird about Montreal, but like the rest of the world. <laughs> like, yo, I went to I went to New York in November and when I was flying back, 
you don't understand, dude. Like, the the flight attendant lady was, like, geeking on, like, flying into Montreal. Like, I had just been geeking on flying out of New York. Like, like it, right, right, right. And I'd never seen anybody geek like that about Montreal. And I'm like, oh, say where word. This girl would just buy a Montreal mixtape right now if I had one. And it was like this. Like, Montreal is respected globally. It's an international city. Like you said, we're here, so we have a different view on it. But uh, outsiders come to Montreal and they love it. Like, do you have like a lot of experiences in other places where Montreal's just being getting crazy love? Uh, I can't say that I've witnessed that firsthand. Um, what I can say is that I know, like, when the the, the artists or different people ever, ever, anytime they came here, they were very impressed with the city. They were very entertained, and they were like, "Wow!" Like, you know, we we never imagined that it would be the way it is. Like, I often heard that, like, artists were impressed. Like, they, you know, Montreal is a happening place, it's a lit place, has got a lot of good energy, and they just assume, like, from the artist's mind, on their stop on the itinerary it's toronto they know toronto they know toronto they know toronto but a lot of them they weren't familiar with montreal were very impressed and shocked when they came here i mean i think it was in um jay-z when he did the uh was the hard knock life tour it made it into his his dvd his montreal stop made it into his dvd with all the cities that he traveled the world montreal made the cut that's interesting and that was back like in 99 I didn't even know that one time. I just read a book on Jay-Z. So the fact that he chose that's actually significant because he's mad meticulous yeah. with that shit. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that made the cut on DVD. So something I've been like pondering about well, the whole time I've been doing this now is I guess what is the aspects of Montreal that is the cool part of the export? So like... I guess how to frame it. Like if you were going to take it from like a more keyword approach to it, like what makes Montreal hot in these people's eyes? Because we don't necessarily see it. I have my theories about what I think makes Montreal dope, and they're highly related to hedonism. Because I feel like that's really where we excel over other places in terms of vibes. Like we're just chiller and funner, and and that you know, right minus 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 the politics. Politics aside, mm. Montreal is full full of personality, and it shines through. Montreal is it, it, there's a lot of character. There's a lot of personality in in the city of Montreal. You feel it, like when I used to go to Toronto for those Juno meetings. Like Toronto is lit. It's the place where all the action is going on. They got the Raptors. They got this. They got Caravana, whatever. But if you just go up, go to Toronto on a on a Monday night, a Tuesday night, a Wednesday night, downtown Toronto is dead. <laughs> it's like it's boring. <laughs> like there's there's nothing to do. I even you know when I would go down there, I would hit up my DJ friends down there. I'm like, yo guys, I'm in town. Uh, it would be a Tuesday night. Okay, like what's going on tonight? They're like, dude, it's Tuesday. And I was like, what do you mean? They're like, dude, it's Tuesday. Why will you expect something to be going on? I'm like. And Montreal, Montreal doesn't close. There's something going on every night of the week, like till three o'clock in the morning. So we're, you know, we're the fun place. Toronto, yes, more opportunities, more wild. better economic, but it doesn't have the the character. Montreal has a lot of character and a lot of personality. Okay, so it's really like the fact that it is so diverse and different and busy, like just the shit ton of restaurants and the, all of that shit. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I went to Toronto that like twice, and I know we tried to go out on a Tuesday night, and we didn't know anything about how boring Toronto was on a Tuesday night. But even like noticing it, like walking down the street on Young, does not feel fancy. Nothing at all, and it's like seven o'clock. There's an exodus from downtown Toronto by six, seven o'clock. There's an exodus because everybody, nobody lives downtown. Everybody's 
off to Ajax or Brampton or Scarborough or Mississauga. And the downtown is left empty. And I was looking around just even trying to get food was difficult because everything was closing so early. Coming from Montreal, like downtown, nothing really closes. And I'm down there and I ended up at like a, a pub style place and, and, and got a souvlaki and naan bread. And I'm like, that's totally not acceptable. I'm like, I come from Montreal where we get good, good quality food. And here they gave me a, a, sou, a souvlaki and, and naan bread. <laughs> like just the look on your face, like this is just too egregious. This is this is like, you know, I grew up in Park X. Like I, I know souvlaki, you know, I grew up with Greeks all my life. It's like, this was like an insult. You're going to give me a souvlaki and naan bread. I was like, damn, Toronto. <laughs> That's like the naan, it's thicker, no? Like, anyway. It, yeah, but it's not authentic. <laughs> no, nah, no, I hear you. You'll never forget that here. Like, I would, I'm, it doesn't sound right. Like, I, at first when you said it, it felt weird. And then I thought about, like, naan has its purpose in life. No disrespect to naan. Exactly. Right? And, but, yeah, Toronto, Toronto's wild. Um, all I know is they got poutines now. They're not like the same. They're like the deluxe poutine is what they exported. Not like that's what I realized is there's not just regular poutines in Toronto. The only poutine is all the poutines. All in one. But like what I mean is like because you know how like now like a poutine used to be just like fries, gravy and cheese, man. Simple times. And then the Italian poutine spiced it up a little bit. It was a good. Yeah, that was good. And now it's what do you want on your poutine? I um, I like the Italian one. You know what? I I dabbled and tried the different ones. I like the jerk poutine. That was something that uh, I got exposed to. The jerk poutine was really nice. It's got the chicken and got the spices to it. But for the most part, I go for the the plain old regular. I like the traditional poutine. Mm. I tried a couple of different ones. I tried the Mexican poutines. Uh, I actually enjoyed the McDonald. I enjoyed the McDonald's poutine for a while when they had the crispy chicken and the buffalo hot sauce on it. But I kind of lost the taste for that. So I stick to the original one. Fries, gravy, curds. So I think, yeah, their poutine is like fancy as shit. It's just all the fancy poutines was my experience there. But I see what you're saying, though, about the vibe of the energy and personality of it. And I, I, I think that's an interesting point. Like, So like, if you were to think about like sounds that are hot in Montreal right now, what would you say would be like the hottest sounds of the city? In terms of artists? Actually, more sounds. Like artist is cool, but like we, you would know a lot about genres and like more of like a top level perspective of like what people are fucking with. I'd say because of what you, how you see it all. Well, if you're talking about genres in Montreal, uh, I mean EDM it probably leads leads the way. Montreal is a heavily heavy heavy uh, EDM city, but the hip hop is not too far behind. You just, I mean, basically you look at the Oceaga lineup and you can see the direction of of things. Um, the hip hop, the EDM, Montreal's, Montreal is big on country music, although it's not reflected in uh, in radio in any way or form. It really is like interesting. You know, somebody open all an all country station here, that shit will explode. But um, are you able to open radio stations if you wanted to? I think in Montreal right now, I'm I've been hearing the same story for years that their the CRTC won't accept another Anglo station on the FM dial that they won't add any more angle stations on the FM dial. It would have to be an existing station that decides to change their format and come with something different. And the craziest thing, speaking of that, I mean, this is not a Canadian station, but they pretty much market themselves to Canada, was 94.7 hits. That was like my main competition back in the day. And they've totally flipped the script now. One day they, they turned off and came back on. Now as a gospel station. 
What? Um, you see that, right? Like, <laughs> like I knew they turned off because I saw somebody who had interned there and he posted his like last day picture, but gospel? Like the same, the same region, the same airway. Same region, same based in, I think it's upstate Malone, New York. 94.7 hits is now an all gospel station. It, it switched before 2022. That was one of the most unexpected things to hear. That's sad. I have a lot of good <laughs> memories of 94.7 because it, it kind of stole the show from Virgin 96. Or I think it might have been Mix 96 still back then. But like yeah. it stole the show from that, in my opinion. And then Shom got cool, and then it got not cool, and then it got wishy-washy. Yeah. Ah. But of 94.7, like, th that was, you know, that was, uh, we were the urban suppliers at that time. You know what I mean? And they, a, a lot of stuff that we introduced, like, then I saw down the line years later, they started doing, like, getting into playing Montreal music. And then they started having stuff where they would feature two Montreal acts. They wouldn't do a battle, per se. But I remember then that. They started, I was like, okay, I know I'm doing something good now. <laughs> That's cool, though. That's confirmed when another radio station is following stuff that you've done. Yeah, so I guess, uh, could you go on AM? Or is it worth going on AM? I don't even think so. Like, not... Even though they see, you know, AM has a monstrous reach. No, I don't think so. Like, <laughs> like nobody... What not if... for me. Um, for anybody out there that wants to do it, by all means, but uh, no. Yo, DJ DBSC has a good point. Every third song really was Riding Dirty or Lollipop when Lollipop was hot. It was every third song, and they really did do that shit. It was really bad. Well, they were top 40 style. You know, what was, I was very blessed with the fact that I was, a, I, I controlled the playlist. After like maybe my first few months at the station, they were like, here, they, they stopped giving me playlists. They're like, we trust you. You do what you see, think is best. What about internet radio? Because this is where like Preach said, you should look more into that. And I never really, oh, I, I low-key looked into it a little bit more. But I don't really look into it much. Um, do you think it would be worth like, pursuing something like an internet radio endeavor at this in this time i mean you won't you wouldn't know until you try for me personally it's not a route i would take just because it doesn't fit into my current schedule um i don't know man i would just for me i think i would just what i personally would do would probably just go the podcast route do youtube uh continue doing the twitch thing um i just don't have the 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 motivation to get into doing like the online to do an online station to run it myself like i maybe come pop in here and there and do some guest spots but i like the the avenue of creating some content and throwing it up on on youtube and then you know doing the occasional live on twitch as well um so i was reading the comment first heard the raw version of cartel and spice romping shop on live k103 and i'm like i do not know what that is i think i know what cartel did, did and we spice play live, RC? <laughs> did we play it live like legit live the 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 raw raw version <laughs> that might happen is that a foul version <laughs> like i don't i don't know what that is yeah it's 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 uh it's a very sexual song to say the least mm. <laughs> the romping shop is a very sexual place did you have all the same restrictions where everything had to be like censored and stuff oh yeah yeah definitely yeah everything had to be restricted once in a blue moon sometimes things were not fully or properly edited and they slipped through that was the very very rare occasion 
but yeah, everything had to be had to uh, be fully edited and censored. Like even weed references at that time, I guess now it wouldn't be an issue. Uh, wasn't allowed in a lot of music, but I was getting the music like that anyhow. So it's not like I had to edit it myself. So it wasn't really an issue. Do people study? But then I, I would have some artists that artists for some reason didn't understand that they had to edit their music and give it to me. And I was like, it was, I think a lot of what happened uh, in the radio days was like a big learning curve for a lot of artists on, on how to handle radio and how to promote their product and put their product forward. Yeah. I mean, the idea of a radio edit, I guess like you think about it, but you don't really think about it because you wouldn't like, who does it? <laughs> like you never really like because the radio because sometimes the radio can do it you know the radio sometimes changes songs all by themselves and they do do that but like yeah it makes more sense for artists to submit it but i don't think um i knew that i i know that i just never i don't think about it now because like i would when it comes to even submitting the radio on that front i have to go figure out where i have to go submit things i'm at the point where like i'm like oh shit so hmm radio okay people got to stop calling them radio edits what do we want to call them like what's the good term for that preach um that's fair montreal had no platforms to learn that from other than don smooth fair clean version dirty version i'll roll with that preach i prefer your nomenclature that's a better way to describe it it still feels like a radio edit to me clean and dirty yeah Clean and dirty makes it cuts through. It's more clear, I guess. It 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 does convey the point, and then it breaks the stigma. But yeah, I I because like you limit your reach without the family friendly, and then on something else I saw is people are now just releasing the family friendly uh, on Spotify as like a duo, so that you're not just dropping a single, you're technically dropping a little mini EP with the same song twice, and you have the clean mm -hmm. version and you have the non one, and I'm like, huh. And that started popping up like recently. I saw people doing this. And we're saying like the label people are doing this, not the underground ones. So I'm like, okay. Um, you got to have that option. You got you to remember, you know, that people are listening. Like you said, you know, people are popping out babies like crazy. Well, there's there's a huge demographic, of, of obviously, of people that have children. So there, you right there, you're driving around in your car. The kids are in the back seat. You're not going to be playing music with all kinds. Maybe some people will be. I don't. You're not going to be playing music with all kinds of swearing and cussing going on it. So right there, if you don't have that clean option, you're, you're losing out on that listener. It's even like Twitch. Like, I try my best to play everything as clean as possible, especially because I'm on at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. My kids are in the house with me. It's like, it don't sound right that, you know, even if they know the words, they don't have to hear me playing them, right? And um, I want, pe I know people that listen to me and their kids are with them. So I'm like, I, I want them to know like, okay, when I put on Don's show, I can leave it on because I ain't got to worry about F-bombs or any bombs going off during the show. So artists definitely, you're, you're limiting yourself by not making a clean version. And what does it take to make a censored version? It doesn't, it doesn't take too hard. You do it in the studio when you record the song. Mm. It's, it's, not, it's nothing very difficult. Nah, not even. You, don't even, you can technically do it yourself. If you just do the mute it's, thing, it would just be a little not shittier. hard at all. <laughs> but like, not hard. But like, yeah, I learned that in because um, I, I found out of like, okay, going in a park, you're allowed to swear because Sue Montgomery of NDG, the former mayor, was like, "Who said you couldn't swear in a park?" So I'm like, okay, well, if the mayor's telling me I can say fuck in the park, that's cool. But then the parents mm -hmm. are still in the park and whatnot. Turns out, 
Girard Park is a park you can say fuck in, but you can't always say fuck in the park. So <laughs> that was like I didn't a, even know that was a thing. It's it's more like so you don't need a permit to show up and, and just rap in a park as long as you're not charging money and you're not pissing mm-hmm. off the community. And you can get big with it in ways where you can monetize low key and not need a permit. So like you can do shit with it. Like we're gonna roll this out like properly next year, like started in like April rather than September, you know. And um yeah, so it's really about relationships with the neighborhood. If like the people in the park hit me up and they're like, Look, we like this, but stop swearing, like I got two choices. I can go to war with the fucking neighborhood or I can just not. Like Twitch is cool. I'm very That's okay. A job. If parents choose not to listen to my stream on Twitch, that's I. Right. I'm cool with it. I don't know if I can yeah. do this like without the cussing. It's just part of what this is. How? But that's because there are clean shows. I feel like there aren't a lot of dirty shows for this style. Like I want it to be like the weed smoking. You can cuss and be inappropriate here show, so that Chrisella can drop her super polish it. Well, you you gotta be true to yourself. You know what I mean? Like that's what you represent. You be true to yourself. You know what I mean? Like. And people will gravitate and come to it because that's what you do. You know what I mean? That's you. Mm. So that's your attraction. That's your draw. How like I listen to Preach Morning. Preach does uh, uh, his morning show, and it's kept very clean. It, and it's still it's super entertaining. And it, but he keeps he keeps everything clean, like to the point where I don't even notice if he's that that he's not swearing. I notice, but don't notice if that makes sense. I remember a very vivid like it's not rap mid- about it's marijuana mid- strains today. Or yesterday, I don't remember if it was today or yesterday, but he just he hey, did. shout out to Cliff Mix. Yeah, I was about my, to do that too. Shout from out Toronto. Cliff Mix. Just the point that clean versions is needed is dope. I love the little emoji guy with the fucking salute too. And shout out Jess Deja. Uh, Deja. Shout out Jess Deja. You see, these Deja. are people that I've met since being on Twitch. That's my only thing with reading names out on Twitch. I'm like how do i say that shit and then i fuck shit up all the time with the names i'm cool with that i apologize if i suck at your name i'm trying um you're you're, you're not alone and sometimes people don't make it easy either like sometimes it's just a combination of letters and, and uh, letters and numbers yeah but uh i know look, shout out cliff mix and, and jess deja yeah appreciate nice. all you coming through it really is just awesome to to see all the new names i find that really sustaining uh the constant like energies because i feel like it's weird but people's writing styles have energies attached to them and if you know how to look for it you can almost feel how people present themselves through their chat i don't think it's like the real deal person it's like that internet version but like you know you still get a sense of who they are and i think it's wonderful yeah i'm like the more like i I said that goes back to what we started off on and you asked me like how do i read you know to know what people are feeling or vibing on you definitely get you can get people's energy through the chat and I really feel people's energy in the chat. And that's, you know, how I know to direct myself. Yeah. Uh, I definitely run with that. I, I like it when I get chastised and I'm doing something dumb or something. Or like when they're like, hold in. Or like you did it this time because you heard it. Your sound sounds like ass. And I'm like bad. Because sometimes <laughs> like, I don't know, you forget to switch the thing or the one knob's off. And you don't hear it proper on your side. And you just got to have a little faith Look, sometimes. People, people, people have no idea. Like I said, I've been doing this for the majority of my life. There's so much work as a DJ that goes, I'm sure you as well, that goes into just turning on the camera and getting on Twitch. And there's so many things that you got to go through. I've gone on several times and there's no audio. But luckily, you know what? My mods are on top of stuff. And they're like, Don, there's no sound. They're like, 
they let me know right away, oh, I forgot to click that box. I rebooted everything, forgot to click the audio box and, and you go on live. But there's so many elements, so many things that you got to think of. Whereas before I picked up my bag mm. and I went to the club and that was it. Plugged in and I played. Like speaking So of, people out there, the DJs put in a lot, a lot of work for you guys on Twitch. I feel like, uh, especially with the streaming, like I just remembered, I forgot to put the apostrophe sign links for the fucking command yeah. <laughs> that will pull your stream. Like there's so many... That's, that's why I'm like I'm trying to get my organization game on because like to me it's like I see where I want it to be I see where it is and at like every step it's Google and then it's more Google and then it's more Google and then you're like <laughs> I'm like watching people pull up clips of channels now and I'm like I'm not pulling up clips of channels now I know there's some fucking stream elements or this or that configuration bullshit fucking next widget blah blah bloop because it's all, it's all I think in this case it's all the same for us now except and it's, it's going to be never ending there's always going to be something new that you could add to the stream and, and, and whatnot. but it's really like as someone I DJed on I went from a bedroom DJ to the church basement DJ to the club DJ to the radio DJ Twitch is people it's a lot of work people come off and they make it look good they make it look smooth but a lot goes into it just before you turn on that camera but I, I do it for me. It's 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 the challenge that has kept me into it and interested into it. Do you have any interest in being a VR DJ? Like I said, I say no to no opportunities until I try it. I, it's never crossed my mind. I'm not even too sure how that would work or what that would entail. I mean, the metaverse is going to be spaces, and imagine if we was doing this as avatars and we could just see them. <laughs> and we can see their little hands moving and shit and the little of their emojis. That's the current one that exists that I can think of in picture. Facebook has one. My shit doesn't work with their shit. I have a PS4 and a PS5 world as far as the fucking VRs are concerned. So I had to upgrade or suffer. Okay. But like in theory, where it's going, um, you get like a programmer and it like starts syncing shit. So instead of it being like the cues you would line up in OBS, now it's like fucking super deep 3D immersive holodeck shit. Wow. I'm like, <laughs> I would say it's in the corny looking phase, but like not that corny. And like when you're actually wearing it, it's like it's corny when you're watching it on YouTube. It's kind of like. I, when you're there, like, I went to a club in VR one time. I didn't do it again because, like, I, I don't know. I, I actually do have a lot of trouble getting into the whole concepts of VR as much as I preach the shit because I find it's kind of, mm. like, wildly, like, people aren't there and, like, without it being social, I'm less interested. But, like, I went to a club and I danced with avatars and you could wow. see, you see that. And, and I was going there, like, yo, say where? There's, like, 80 people in this room right now. And you can set up rooms where, like, you could put your advertising on the walls. So now your Discord, your this, your that's all on the walls and shit. You can sell fucking merch in this future world I'm picturing. So instead of having to deal... Because, you know, I'm, getting merch made is miserable. So instead of doing that, I just picture the shit, talk to a designer, and we sell it for two bucks to an avatar. My God. Yeah, that's light years ahead. I would have to see what that looks like to imagine that. I, that has never crossed my mind. Sounds like something very interesting. I, I say no to anything because in the past, I remember, like, I was doing YouTube. I was recording sets at the radio station. Like, when I would do my Monster Mix Live, Monster Mix Live, I was recording them for YouTube. They're still there. Like, I don't know. They're done maybe in 2009. And I was like, oh, okay, it's cool. It's a little side thing. 
but you know, look what it had become, look what it has become today. And even like I used to do Justin TV uh, and Ustream, which is essentially Twitch now. So I imagine, I was like, I always think sometimes in hindsight, had I looked at it and, and dive, put more energy into it, what it could have become now in, Yo, in, in 2021. And anytime people say that, I'm going to tell you something. I tried to be that early adopter guy with VR. It's two years later I've been preaching. Mm. Nobody. And it's still, it hasn't gotten there yet? Nah, not really. I mean, it's a lot easier to have a chat like this now. A, I sound smarter, so like I can sell it better. But also, Facebook shoving it down your throat. They're doing the work for me. Y'all know it's coming. So like people are more curious. Whereas two years ago, even in the beginning of the pandemic, the plausibility that like Facebook was going to turn a metaverse and that celebrities were going to buy NFT properties and house. Like nobody saw that coming. Mm -hmm. I just know that second life made billions of dollars on loneliness and VR was clearly going to make billions of dollars on loneliness. And that was an opportunity. YouTube made billions of dollars on loneliness. Like that's just kind of what content does. It, and I mean, this is maybe like dark wave spinning it, but like I was that kid that hung out in the chat spaces that would ultimately grow into VR spaces when I was 14 and nobody liked me and shit. So like as much as it's like super like scary to a lot of people, it's actually going to help a lot of people get through a lot of shit when they like nobody likes them type shit. <laughs> like there's a whole other live out there. That's what Tumblr is. <laughs> that Tumblr crowd I, and I, shit. I just hope that, that people don't become too detached. I just really hope that, and I don't even know if that's avoidable, but I really hope that people don't become too detached because like it, it's going to stick in the back of my mind that you told me about the, free, the guys that went freestyle in front of people. Like I kind of get that, but I'm like, it's like oxymoron. You're how you how are you gonna be a rapper and you don't want to rap in front of people? And I'm like, that's. I was like, wow, that that can't exist. Like something has to be done about that. I think that. people like, are comfortable doing their songs. I was I was not comfortable freestyling in front of people for a very long time. Um, it wasn't until I discovered. Okay, fine. Okay, so okay, so you're saying that they were not comfortable freestyling, but if it came time to, to to step, if they had to do their own bars, they were okay with that. I believe they would be. I think a lot of people haven't been put to the test yet, but in particular, we were discussing freestyling at that point. But to the point, what I realized is it's pretty fucking hard to navigate the hip hop culture because that's kind of what you're playing in if you're a rapper, whether or not you like it. You're in the culture, the general sphere of it, and not be put into positions where you got to go off the dome. And it's like, you might not know it, but it's at like 2 a.m. at the bar when you're hanging out with the rappers after that. It matters way like, like that's really when I wish I had been dropping bars. My career would have mm. gone differently. I wasn't. I could do songs. I could crush it. I probably sometimes had the best set of the night multiple times over. But when it came down to rapping with people outside, nah, I was not like I was a shit freestyler. Even now, I think my freestyles are like mediocre but i'm fucking interesting so i can sell my mediocrity <laughs> well that's what that's what's up right there's there's no right or wrong way it's your way and how you how you portray it and how you put it forward how you sell it i got you know what i mean and, and as i got more confident with it it sounds better and i believe that but like yeah freestyling as a as a thing it's like man i feel like people are too shy for that but for their own songs i don't know 
I think a lot of people perform with their back vocals now, and I'm also. I cannot stand that. Maybe like, I'm. I'm like. I don't know, man. I just. Singer, I never I did it. That. I never did it one time. Like I have my chorus because I got told make sure your chorus is at half volume. Sometimes you might want to interact with the crowd or the chorus, and I said that was logical. I keep my doubles because they're on the fucking whatever. It's doubles and shit. Mm-hmm. But like and the ad libs, but nah, I got in. I've and I've fucked up. I've like gone four bars of that, and you praying you're gonna remember it when it comes back around, and you're staring at people like. And then I did every time. I always pulled it back. But like, okay, I never. You never forget those. Those are the longest four bars of a fucking performance. <laughs> no, the, the whole the rapping with the with the backtrack. I don't understand it. I'll give it for a singer. I can get it, but for a rapper, you got to come up there and be able to spit your lyrics. I want to hear your voice. I, I hear the CD at home. I hear the CD in the car. I want to hear you. When I'm there at the live show, I want to hear your voice. The chorus, okay. It's chorus, ad-libs, whatever. But I want to hear you raw. Like, you hear Preach in the Morning, that's raw. Just, yeah. he comes in and he's, he's going. Like, I just want to hear, I want to hear your voice. The tone of your voice, everything. So I, I do not know if everyone would do that. I participated in a virtual concert series. Why? Because I was like, well, this is in line with my vision of the future. I should play ball. And I came in there with my fucking microphone and I rapped. And it was like, yo, I kept the fuck ups and shit. I don't have time to do like a 20 minute set eight times. It's just what it is. But I wanted it to be like unedited, uncut. Like I mean, it's a live show virtually, you know, like I'm not going to fuck around with the integrity of that. Everybody else submitted edited, polished music video type shit. I mean, even my boys, it was like they went to the stool with the engineer. And I'm like, oh, and I thought I was so out of play. It turned out the promoters really fucked with what I did. But like, sounds like what I've been telling a certain someone who's being interviewed. We just want to hear your voice. Your preach is like going to come in every opportunity. Eh? Like he's not going <laughs> to let it go. Also, I'm like low key enjoying your snowplow conversation. I just don't know how to contribute to it because I have the landlord that deals with the snow here, and I don't, you know, so I don't know what to say about snowplowing. But respect. I made two runs today. Well, yeah. At least it's not as bad as we thought it was going to be. We okay. Mm. You you snowplowed twice yeah. t- today, twice. I doubled twice today. Yeah. Gosh. That's... But it was. It's not as bad as they were predicting it was going to be. At least for me. That sounds super unpleasant. Yeah, uh, I definitely think that um, people are are submitting this like really polished world because of like shit like TikTok and whatnot. And I don't know, I don't get why everyone's like mad insecure about sounding whatever. But like everybody at the show fucked up at every time a little bit. Not like like who's flawless. It's not why you go to even like I'm talking like I never been to a show. I've seen celebrities flat out fuck up bars and like I'm talking mostly rock singers and shit. But like fuck up entirely and then ah, whatever nobody cared so it's like why do we care look, so look at you 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 don't draw attention to it you just keep on going you know what i mean beyonce biggest one of the biggest stars in the world we all seen that footage when she came down the stairs and she fell she popped back up and just kept on singing like like nothing happened of course yeah there was videos of it but that died down real quick because it, it was about her recovery she didn't let that interfere with nothing if you show you made a mistake then, then everyone else is going to be focused on it. But she got up like, okay, I, I slipped, I fell, popped back up and kept on going. I remember my program director had told me years ago, a piece of advice she had given me. She's like, never let the people see what's going on behind the curtain. You make a mistake, keep going, move on. Don't, don't, don't acknowledge. They said, the things go by so fast, the audience, you know you made a mistake, but the audience won't know that that wasn't supposed to happen. And it just goes, just keep going. 
Yeah, that's really good advice. <laughs> like that's basically what I try to do with everything, especially once you go live for hours. You're like, you're probably going to fuck up. Like you're just probably going to. You're going to say some dumb shit here and there. Like it's impossible not to. That's what editors are for. <laughs> like <laughs> that's, that's what you're doing on. That's like, yo, I've seen some shit where like, People wildly be like, yo, I got to go do chores in the middle, like go do laundry in the middle of an interview. And those are the hottest times. Like when I'm saying like, yo, people wildly almost like like it when weird shit happens and then everything comes back together. Like, I don't know why, mm-hmm. but I feel like the audience super enjoys that. Not necessarily me rambling all the time. I'm not saying that part, but I'm saying when abstractly weird shit happens. The one thing this interview show taught me is people like regular shit. Like everybody just yeah. likes the most regular shit ever. I think celebrity worship is like on this super down and out, and people are like kind of tired of it. And that people like regular in a way that I think that's why guys like preach. He's just so like regular not to say he's not he's an exceptional human but like his whole brand is so like you can do this Mm -hmm. that's what i mean by regular approachable that was a better word because regular kind of sounds diminishing but approachable yeah with like the ability to replicate it if you set out to choose to go on that adventure and he could do it he's a talented guy so for sure but like um yeah, so like in terms of like what are some of your favorite parts, I guess, of being the 103 radio D show? Because you said you didn't want to go back to that part of your life in terms of it being the past. Um, but what are some of like the highlights well, that, of it? The highlights of my, my radio years really and truly was the connections I made. I made such I, I learned so much more about my city. Like, you know, I grew up in Park Extension. I lived in LaSalle. I'm in the West Island now, but um I had an incredible network where I met so many people from around the city, people that I would have not met had I not done that show. Like I was always a DJ playing hit music in clubs and parties. And all of a sudden now I'm a radio announcer, radio host playing local people's music. And I started to, you know, the scene started to build and I started getting, I I was invested in it. And then I saw the potential and and, uh, guys like rest in peace, Matt Dutch Garner uh, from escape MTL and Nick Fury. And then, you know, we said, let's, let's take this, from the radio now to, 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 to the venues. And we started doing live shows and we started seeing people showing up to watch all local talent. And the energy was like, it was like an all time high. I think for the live entertainment, it had peaked in like 2010, it was like all time high. And you had people from all around the city that normally wouldn't have gotten together, but they were coming together peacefully because of this. Like they, they, they believed in it and they supported it. So one of my highlights is to know that I was a part of that scene. I contributed to that. A um, couple of years ago, I did an interview with All The Way Live. Those are some dope dudes, Pro-V, that uh, do a show here on CKUT. And Louise contacted me, and she was she enjoyed the interview so much. She's like, she's like Don, I'm going to put the, the MP3 or whatever, the format she put it on. She's like, I'm going to put that in, in the CKUT time capsule. So even though I was on the, on, the, on the neighboring station, I was on another station, now like I've been added to CKUT's history. She's like, I'm going to include your interview in there um in the time capsule so the the people the highlights for me meeting so many people um from my city getting to see what my city could do musically like it, they really impressed me musically and with videos and then i mean i'm not gonna lie like the being with the radio is like i got to meet some of 
you know, amazing people and icons. Like, like I said, Gregory Isaacs earlier and different people along the way. It's like, I sit down sometimes and I, I watch, I'll be watching the Grammys or whatever the award show is. And I'm like, shit, like, I'll be like, man, I remember that time I was sitting down in the hotel lobby talking to Common. Or I was like, I have memories. Those are my highlights. The the interactions and, and the, a lot of the people that I, I met. I met some super cool people along the way and I, I'm very grateful for that. That was that was amazing. You know, as a as a music fan to get to have met some of my 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 idols and my icons along the way and just kick it with them like the way you are talking now. Cause you know, when you when you sketch them behind scenes, then you just see like you're talking like it's just regular shit. They they end up talking on some real life shit. Like we would do the interview, but then I would sit back and I would still be there talking to them. And you'd be like, damn, you would you would never imagine some of the conversations that would come out of it. And I'll be like, you know, you got to see the artist and even respect them even more after that. Like That's wild. Like <clears throat> I guess it's like you only ever see the polished interview and I've come to see Exactly in a lot of cases people like to put on a little character, especially at that level. And it's not necessarily some fake shit. I just imagine that like you can't really expose yourself like that to the world if you're like as well known as common. There's got to be like a degree of separation between who's in the interview and the private behind the scenes stuff. But like, it's kind of like comforting in a sense to see how regular a lot of the people are when the cameras are off mm-hmm. and whatnot. I I find that like it's just every time I hear somebody be like, yeah, no, everybody also cares about the regular shit. It's just like cool. Like, you know, it's like you, there's not that much that differentiates us from different things. Like, well, no. life is just a lot about circumstances, opportunities. But, like, I don't know. I I haven't talked to, like, everybody I talk to just makes me feel like, okay, cool. Like, everybody can just be shit if they apply themselves properly and, and like. Well, I, I saw an, a, a video clip just, just yesterday, actually. And it was, it was a clip with Jay-Z. And it was, like, in his early days. I probably, it was probably in the late 90s. And he said, he's like, there's no chosen ones. He's like, I don't believe that there's any chosen ones. He's like, everybody has a genius level of talent. They just have to figure out what it is and tap into it. And I was like, wow, that was real motivating. I was like, I like that. And he's like, you just have to tap into it. You got to put work into it. It's not going to fall in your lap. But he's like, everybody has a genius level of talent. You just got to tap into it. I I believe that. I think so, too. Definitely. I mean... I read that Malcolm Gladwell book with the 10,000 hours and I was like, that's wild. And then I thought about it and I'm like, yeah, it probably makes sense. I mean, I don't think it's like a hard fact that 10,000 hours is going to make you famous. It will make you a master. Yeah. But like something's going to happen if you put 10,000 hours into anything along the way. And yo, I looked at my Twitch analytics last year and I'm going to say last year was fucking insane for my schedule for Twitch. I don't know how Preach does it, but like insane. But like, it was about 1,200 hours that I streamed. So imagine 10,000 hours, how long that really is. I was like... That's that's that shit that makes me feel humbled is when you consider like when somebody's clocked 10,000 hours by the time they're 14 or some shit like that. And there's some, especially like in music, like the church group, like the ones who came up through church singing and shit. Some of them mm-hmm. got like full on show production performance experience, 10K hours clocked out by the time they're nine. Before the age of 10, yeah. And then they come through yeah. and they're like, I don't find they hustle maybe as hard as they should sometimes. The ones that do, though, holy shit, they're all successful. There's not one in them. 
and it's like they're at like 30,000 hours of prayer. Look at Preach. Preach is another example of like what, how many hours has this guy wrapped and done his thing live? And you see it in his presentation. You see it in everything. That's what I see in people is like the level of effort and grit and sacrifice and whatnot. Yeah, and, and people will see it, right? Like people know when you're giving it 100 or, you know, if you're going to half-ass it. People will see that and they'll feel it in your energy. You know what I mean? You got to come through and, and if you're going to show up and do it, then then do it. Do it like 100%. You know, you might not feel like doing it all the time, but do it. Give it 100%, always. That's crucial because you never know who's there. You never know who's watching. When I was doing my radio show, I was like, I studied all the other stations and I was like, okay, this is the lane I'm going to go. This is what I'm going to do. And I remember it was like 2005. I think it was around 2005. I get a phone call. Hi, this is so-and-so. I represent Sean John Canada. We're getting ready to launch and we're going to do two meets. We're going to launch in Montreal and we're going to launch in Toronto. This is when Sean John was a hot brand. And that's they were, they were Daddy, introducing that's Diddy's line? I don't remember. Hey? Who, I don't remember. Who that was Diddy's line. Yeah, okay. yeah. It was Diddy. that's his name, Sean John. Sean John was the middle name. So they... And this, this came off of the strength of one of the employees that represent Sean John Canada used to listen to my show. And I got the invitation to go to the launch based on that. So I always keep in my mind, I mean, even before that, always give 100%. You never know who's in the room, who's watching, whether it's five people or 5,000 people. You always give it your all because you never know who's watching you or listening to what you're doing. And here I am. I would never think in a million years that I'm here on uh, Ganawagi radio station in Montreal and somebody from Sean John has been listening to my show. And then it led to, you know, getting the invite. Yeah, that is a big interesting too. A big, that's a big knowledge nugget. Um, you never know who's watching. I burned a lot of bridges on the opposite end of that story. <laughs> <laughs> but also I've gained things. It's not like one thing. A lot of people, you, know, you never know who's watching and like, Nikki G remembers. <laughs> yeah, but like in a sense of like, yo, sometimes the weirdest people at the weirdest times will reference the weirdest shit you posted or said or done. And like if you really watch for it, like people would never tell you they're watching really. You probably have like 10 times the number of fans you think you do, but like people don't show it <laughs> at all. And that's what I was saying earlier. Like I really, for some reason during the pandemic is when a lot of people have come out or I reconnected with people that I haven't spoken to in many years, you know, shout out my guy, DJ DiBiase, who told, you know, was used to come and buy records. I'm like so many people, they started coming out. Hey, I was done smooth. I remember I used to come buy records from you or I remember you from the radio. And I'm like, man, I'm like, wow. Like it's, it's humbling. And it feels great to know that I impacted people to the point that 10, 15 years later, they still remember our encounters and what it was all about. Like it stuck with them. Yeah, you're definitely one of those guys that I don't see a lot of people forgetting after an encounter. You just, like, even the last time, I don't think there's a person who said my name as many times as you said my name in the last interview. Wow. Like, you just, you came in, you're like, hold it, blah, blah, And I'm like, I thought about it after. And sometimes, like, you subconsciously watch for shit. And then you realize it. Oh, wow. Like, people, no, that's different. Like, you got, like, a presence to it. Like, a, a whole character, mm. like, a charisma they're real charisma you see now we, we've been we've been speaking tonight now that we've gotten beyond that and we don't even you know where i'm not even referring to you as holding out because i guess we've gone past that yeah but on that like 
first impression tip though like it really stuck it was really noticeable and it's like those little things i think that people notice after the fact that like they wouldn't where like it creates an experience where they remember you and i get it well you know now that we're here and i i've been looking at the chat and t-locks you're right yeah i'm working on the 2020 vision uh cliff mix this year because usually you know when i do the the twitch thing i'm playing music we come down we interact here there Diviasi, if anyone in the chat, I didn't get a chance to ask if anybody in the chat, if there's anything you want to touch on or yeah. ask about, or I know Preach wants to bring back Radio Dog. Ah, we got that. I was supposed <laughs> to say that before Preach criticizes me, which is fair point. I usually like to bring it up at a certain point, but Don beat me to it because he's doing what he does. And sometimes you just got to let a man do do what he does, you know? Yeah. So if there's anyone, and shout out to Diviasi, by the way, like Diviasi MTL. Uh, a guy that he's really into that authentic boom bap rap does a great stream called Woo Wednesdays each and every Wednesday that so is weird. absolutely fire going. Yeah, I'm gonna something I, uh, I think you'd enjoy it. I'm definitely gonna let the people know. I I know a lot of people that fucks with that shit though. Like uh, most of my rapper friends, that's what they're into. Like that would be, they would fuck with your stream. That's what I'm hearing. And I'm trying to get them on Twitch. That's my mission. So we got this the. I, I am being a guest. I'm, be, I'm being a guest preach. <laughs> nah, he's doing his thing. Listen, you got in my in my experience with Twitch is you have to let your guests be comfortable. That's the most important part. So if it was going to make Don Smooth happy to come in and interact with his people, and I've noticed people only ever do it with their people. He's not going to go greet everybody in the chat. He's greeting his people in the chat. And he's interacting with them directly. Like, he's giving big shout-outs to his core audience for coming through. How am I going to get in the way of that? That's just beautiful to see happen. <clears throat> oh, yeah, man. They took the time on a Monday. Took a, took time away from shoveling shoveling out and digging out the snow to pop in here and hang out with us. It, it's, it's great. But as you, you mentioned, you know, yes. And that's an interview tactic that goes a long way. Because um, you never know when you're going to meet the artist, what the artist is going to be like, what kind of mood they're in. They've done 10, 15 interviews that day. They've been asked the same question 20 times. So you really breaking the ice with them and getting them out of, because they some of them will just have that wall up and go through the motions of an interview and they get bored with it. It gets tedious. So sometimes and you could break that ice, get a laugh out of them, get a different reaction out of them. Then you you don't get the, 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 the generic um, interview and the generic responses from them. Like, I remember I went to interview, uh, Big Sean had come to town. I don't remember the name of the tour. Big Sean had come to town. I get there, the usual thing. The label gives you a call. Big Sean's in town. We, we have a window. You could go and interview him. You got 15 minutes, blah, blah, blah. So you, as the usual, you go there. You're sitting down. You're waiting outside. And it's something I'm not promoting this to telling people to do this. I rarely ever wrote anything down. Like, I would always go in off the top. I try not to be scripted. I'm not saying that's the best way, but it worked for me. Um, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it works until it doesn't. And then it works again. Yeah, it worked for me. So I walk in the room, it's Big Sean and his boys, his entourage, and they're cracking up and they're laughing. And I come in and uh, like, I don't even know if they noticed that I came into the room. So I come inside the room. Then after they see me, Big Sean turns around. Like they're, I, I walked in on a joke, like they're cracking up. It's, they're laughing, whatever. He turns to me, he's like, um, what, do you, what do you prefer? Nipples, what's more important? Or what do you prefer, titties or nipples? And like, imagine now you're coming in to interview somebody. You're not expecting that. <laughs> So something, I tell you, sometimes things just happen, you know, by, by nature. I was like, well, with, without nipples, titties would be pointless. 
they bust out laughing. They went crazy. Big Sean went and tweeted it. I wish I got some credit for it. He went and tweeted that. He's like, oh, he's like, well, titties without nipples would be pointless. Ah. And, I, and from, from there, it was like, there was no, it was just like, all right, let's sit down and talk. And it was like a super dope interview. And he talked about his lifestyle. I found out that he was vegan and he was very into health. And it was like, he, he gave me a different side of him. He bust out laughing. His whole crew was like, okay, sit down, brother. Let, let, let's chat. And then there wasn't like, I wasn't on a schedule no more. It was like, sit down and you can have the time you want. That's wild. <laughs> I'm just, cause that sounds like some shit he used as a bar one day. I'm not going to lie. That's Yo, the, the, the man took my line and tweeted it while I was there. Said titties without nipples would be pointless. I probably had like 20,000 hits like in within seconds. I was like, wow. But then he just sat down with me and it was like, no rush. Take your time. We'll talk. I'm just wild. He ghost wrote a big Sean tweet that hit off. That's like, <laughs> that's one of those things you just don't expect a person to say, but it still makes sense when they, like when you say it, it makes sense. That's, that seems like yeah. a thing that would happen. You've got that. That like that changed the dynamics of the room. It was just like, okay, cool. Do you have other like interesting anecdotes about interview peoples and stuff? I I'm gonna I'll give you maybe one or two more because now that we're gonna start doing this on Twitch, I can't give them all away. Yeah, of course not. So um, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, one that I would give, and the main reason for giving it is not to do is uh an example of how not letting fear get in the way, like don't let fear get in the way of you. So since I brought it, I started on it already. So I had gotten called for, um, invited to the launch for Sean John. So I get a call, they're like, we hear you on the radio. We know you represent Urban. We think, you, you know, you belong at this launch event as media, no problem. So I get invited as media. He was staying at the Sophie Tell, like, you know, swanky hotel downtown, of course. And I get there now. So I'm on the list. But they, they're going in the rankings of the virgins and the, the Q92s, I think, at the time, and whatever. So it's trickling down. Even CJD was on the media list. I was like, what does CJ have to do? But whatever. It's Diddy, right? He's on that sphere. <laughs> it gets down now. I was probably second or third to last on the list. It's like, oh, Diddy's done with the day. Sorry, your interview's canceled. He's not going to see you. And I'm like, like this, I prepared for. Like, I had questions. I was like, are you serious? Like, I, I felt like, they're like, no, uh, Diddy's done for the day. He's not going to see you. All the interviews are done. Diddy doesn't feel like doing it anymore. Doesn't feel like doing it anymore. So I'm like, man, I'm the dude that's playing, like, who else is playing Diddy's music here out on the radio? But I understand Diddy's what is bigger than music. So, but they turned around, they said, okay, but what we can do for you, here, here's an invitation. You can come to Music Plus Studios and watch. He's going to do an interview there. You could come and be in the be a part of the audience. Some people might have felt away and been like, ah, you know, f that. I'm done with that. I'm going home. Felt away. I was like, you know what? No. Okay. That's an. That, I saw that as an opportunity. Nikki G and myself ran down there. Nikki G is my wife, obviously. Okay. Uh, that was that was an obvious to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, my people in here know. <clears throat> so we ran. We so I'm like, okay, like let's do this. All right. This it's an opportunity. So. We go down to Music Plus. We were the first ones there. Like, I don't even know. Let's say it was starting at 3 o'clock. I was there at 2. I was like, I don't care. I'm going to stay there. We, we stood there at the front of the door. So when we get in, I made sure to go to the front row. And luckily, I picked the right side. I picked the proper, the right side to be on. 
So now the show is going on. Diddy shows up. He's being interviewed by Music Plus. It's going really well. So I noticed when he comes off set, he's walking right in front of me. He has to go past me to go over to his, his handlers. Because like Diddy had somebody that holds his phone, that holds his water. One person combs his hair and all of that. So yeah, I was like, okay, this is this is like this is like six hundred million dollar status. Like like legit, he had somebody. Every commercial break, a guy ran out and combed his hair, touched up his his goatee, whatever. And there's a girl on the side that her job just she holds the phone and the water. He comes off, you look at his phone, give it back to her. Drink some water, give it back to her. So um, wow, I noticed what. <laughs> like you know like you know this is a real thing in life but like when you encounter it you're like like you're even hearing about it you're like damn eh? how do you get yeah, that like job at this point, that was the <laughs> biggest that was the biggest performer i'd ever encountered i encountered like many it wasn't my first interview like i interviewed a ton of people but at, at this point but this was the first time it was like it's diddy at this level so he walked past us and i was like i turned to nikki i was like man if he passes, when he passes here again, I'm going to, I'm going to, I got to get his attention. I'm like, I got to get his attention. So I'm thinking about it. Cause I'm just thinking like, I'm here. This is an opportunity. If you get shot down, you get shot down, but it would, it would kill me to go home and not know. Mm. So whatever he passes again. And I don't even know how we made some kind of eye contact or what he was passing by. And I got his attention. And I said, listen, man, I know you're mad busy. Um, I'm a radio guy out here, the urban guy out here. I would just like, you know, five, 10 minutes of your time. He's like, all right, man, cool. He was cool about it. And I was like, all right. Walks off again, comes back on, does his show. So I'm thinking, all right, cool. He said, he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll give you, I'll give you like five, 10 minutes, whatever. Finishes recording the show now. So now he leaves. And like when Diddy walks around the room, it's like, it's, it's, there's emotion. There's security. There's this like a mob when he moves, just when he moves from A to B. So he leaves now. And he goes up the stairs at Music Plus. Of course, everybody in the audience is running behind him. That's normal. So I'm going now because he told me, yeah, I, I can give you some time. So as soon as I get to the stairs now, security has locked it all off completely. Like whoever got through, whoever had media passes, they got through whatever. So I was like, no, no. I said, I'm supposed to pass through. You know, Diddy told me I could come for interviews. So he's probably looking at me like, yeah, you and the other 200 people here. And I was like, serious, like I said, Diddy told me I could come and get an interview. I'm a radio guy. Diddy told me I could come get an interview uh, when everything was done. They're like, they're not hearing me at all. Like the security just made a wall. They're just standing up. But Nikki G and I, we, we stayed there. Within, I don't even know if a minute went by. Big dude comes downstairs, like the typical, you know, like probably a six foot three, 300 pounds, all black. He comes down, he comes downstairs. He's like, yo, who's the radio guy? I was like, I'm the radio guy. He's like, yo, let the radio guy in. I was like, did he set his security to come and get the radio guy? I was like, <laughs> I was like, so it was like the parting of the Red Sea now. So Diddy's security comes and takes me. Music Plus' security was cutting me off. But Diddy's security comes now. Of course, they override everybody. So Diddy's security comes, says, yo, Diddy said, bring the radio guy. We get upstairs now. And I thought there was a lot of people downstairs. There's still another 50 to 75 people upstairs waiting to like, get like his to... people or like, like, like media uh, people, other, other media people and, uh, and stuff like that. Right, right. So, so here I am now, even the Sean John people were in line that, that, that had contacted me, that invited me and I'm walking past so, them. Here I am now being escorted by Diddy's people. 
like I said, I'm walking past all the other radio stations. I'm walking past even the Sean John people. So they bring me directly to Diddy in the green room. He's just sitting back, chilling. He was like, yo, man, he's like, you know, we, we can do this interview. And he was just kicking back and he was just chill about the whole thing. And what I was saying when we lost the signal was that I never really got starstruck with any of the entertainers or people that I met over the years because I knew that would get in the way of the interview. So I, I was I really trained myself to just be like, yo, this is a person just like you. They bleed just like you, whatever, whatever, and just approach it like that. Otherwise, I would be overwhelmed and I think it would ruin things. And that's why I was I never really wrote anything down because I wanted to make it conversational. Anyhow, so we get in, me and him are going back and forth. We're talking. He's super cool. Like, no, no rush or nothing. There's still like 75 people outside in the hallway waiting on him. He's taking his time with me and we're talking or whatever. His people are in there, whatever. And I like as I was mentioning when we got cut was that in that moment, that was the most starstruck I probably got because of the magnitude of Diddy and the history. And for some reason, I just saw Biggie and the Hypnotized video. When I was talking to him, I'd be, I was talking and interviewing him, but all I was hearing was, was, was Biggie, Biggie, Kanch. All I was hearing was Hypnotized in my head. But uh, he was super cool. Uh, he interviewed, gave me drops for the radio station. So I'm thinking, fantastic. This is, this is great. Like, wow. Like, what, how, how does it get better than this? Nikki G and I, we leave, I go home now and Nikki G would laugh. And I said, I was like, man, why don't you like try to pitch this guy to be like a tour DJ or something? Like, I'm like, damn, I had Diddy in front of me and I didn't try to pitch him for a job, but you know, whatever. He gets pitched all the time. So that would be nothing new. So next day, I swear, if it was not the next day, within two days, I get a phone call from Sean John. They're like, uh, we'd like you to come into the office. We'd like to meet with you. And I was like, all right, cool. Sean John calls you. You go to the office. <laughs> they're like, they're like, we don't know what you did, but the fact that you got access, you figured out a way you got access to Diddy, we want to give you a full sponsorship. Sean John turned around, and for the next eight, nine years, I never paid for a shoe, a shirt, a jacket. They gave me full sponsorship. I used to go once or twice a month, go in, go in, in a spot and just pick up clothes. And I was like, it was a beautiful experience. So all of that came from what was started off as a no turned into like a huge, huge thing just because I didn't give up <laughs> on the opportunity. Only men's clothes. Hey, that's not true, Nikki G, because they were also doing House of Darion for a short time. So she got some of Beyonce stuff. Nikki, <laughs> 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 you, got, you got some House of Darion stuff too. Uh, eight, nine years. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? That's wild. Still, that that's a cool that's a cool story, and it is it is one of those moments where in the if you had reacted emotionally when the ticket was offered to you in that moment when you got snubbed, you wouldn't have ended up getting a nine yeah. years shot. That's a lot of free clothes, dude. I still have clothes with tags on it. <laughs> that's another stream. <laughs> like you think not. But bro, just like throw on Vice or one of these other chat not Vice, but one of these other channels that does variety, like the one that Two Chains is on. It might be Vice, I don't know. And like, watch what these guys do. And it's like, yo, this is my closet, and inside yeah. of my closet, I have this. And you kind of tie it into the lore of Don Smooth with that like story. Boom! Pull out the closet every episode, a little thing. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> That's I, I know that teaching you're talking about where it's like it's all like his expensive shit like he he reviews all kind of outrageous 
rich things. Yeah. And, but it's not just him. Like, there's a lot of varieties of that thing now. Where I know, like, people are really into shoes and vintage clothes, especially vintage. I assume Sean, a lot of this Sean John shit would now be called vintage. I'm going to assume. Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, they, like how our relationship ended was they ended up leaving Canada. They came out of Canada. So then that stopped. Uh, but yeah, I'm sure a lot of it would be retro and vintage. It's a lot of stuff from the early 2000s, mid 2000s. Yeah, like like DJ DiBiase saying, eBay that shit. But before you eBay that shit, make content with that shit so you double up and get the YouTube <laughs> ad money first. <clears throat> noted, DiBiase. Thank you, DiBiase. Well noted. Cause like, I mean, yeah, Bonnie, we in our 30s now. It's not like we young. I know we're not old. I've been chastised for saying I'm old, but the kids make me not feel young. That's where I'm at in life. Um, well, there's always going to be someone younger and somebody older. Shit, thing. I wonder if you could sell shoes as an NFT or, or clothes as an NFT. There's got to be a way to do it. Because like, you can you can sell physical items via NFTs. Like Some of the artists were fucking with selling physical albums and vinyls and shit via NFT back in like the early day before all the weird shit started. Hmm. Something to think about. I got a lot of vinyl if people want to buy it. <laughs> Yo, there's, anyway, there's some, there's some shit happening where they're trying to make nfts that effectively function as vinyls and i don't know okay. about it like you got to understand i don't know if you're ever on twitter and the rooms happen and you mm. no i haven't no. they stole the clubhouse thing and they put it into twitter and it notifies me randomly for shit i usually don't care about but this one time i walked in the room and the next thing i know this dude from montreal is pitching these next dudes in the crypto game on some white paper shit. So once I say white paper, I'm like, I'm not going to follow this. But the gist of it is they're looking into how to... It looks like recreate the RCIAA via NFTs. You're tracking streams okay. via crypto or NFT. It was like a wild top-level conversation that I didn't really follow that well. So... There is a lot of potential in this NFT market where as I learn more about it, I think there's a lot of assets because I think a lot of people are going to like the metaverse because I want to go play in the metaverse. So why wouldn't other people want to go play in the metaverse? Um, or many will, for sure. It's which, inevitable. Which makes NFTs valuable. They're not valuable in real life. They're valuable in the metaverse. The metaverse. And we're we're all going to be in the metaverse. And the metaverse <laughs> will have value because... For all the people that hate it, like, yo, I'm already, like, excited for it. I've been excited enough for years. Ever since Star Trek, I was excited for the metaverse. <laughs> so it's like, um, yeah, NFTs are fucking interesting. Like, imagine that, though. You could sell, like, a physical shoe and attach it to a graphical or a clothing item. Attach it to a graphical representation of the clothing item. And now that's, that's insane. Yo, Man, that's a real, I wish I kept my Jordans. That's a real thing that could be done. I don't know how. But if you can imagine that, and Gap is putting out their own line of NFT clothing or Nike or whoever wow. it was, and you kept all your vinyl, that was a question from DJ DiBiase. Yeah, man. I, I was never able to throw out a record. I, I don't know what it was. Like, even if I got records, I was in record pools. I, I got tons and tons of vinyl. and But it was just something that I couldn't physically put in the garbage. Like, I never saw a record as garbage. So I just found a place for it. I had my crates that you know we're not going to get used but i just never threw anything away so yeah dibiase to answer your question i have all of my vinyl like i never sold any of it uh kind of wish i did back in the day i would got a, a good offer for it if that offer came around again i probably would have taken it but uh i got all my vinyl 
Where? Shout out to DiBiase. He, play, he plays on vinyl too. Yeah. And that's that's a whole nother beast right there. Preach has a really good question. Where is this vinyl yeah. stored? <laughs> In LaSalle. You're too close to it, Preach. Yeah, no, the vinyl, all the vinyl is at uh, my mother's place in LaSalle. How much is a lot of it? Like, because you did it for a long time. Is it like one of those movie scenes where you walk in and it's like a shelf full of vinyl everywhere? I I don't know an exact number, but uh, more between, I would say between seven and 10,000 vinyl. Wow. That was a bigger number. That's actually like, that's a lot. A mini record store. And I and imagine I was offered a dollar of vinyl. And I, I was like, nah. I was like, I, I didn't even contemplate it. Like it was in, an instant no. This was many years ago. Honestly, vinyls that, be selling like twenty to fifty dollars now. Vinyls yeah. be hella pricey. They're not cheap. You should you kept yeah. them was the smart choice. You today I kept them. I'm they meant too much to you. Honestly, if you really wanted to go down that road, if you cherry-picked your collection, instead of selling it at a dollar for you probably have 10, 15 vinyls that'll cover the rest. <laughs> oh, yeah, because I went outside of just the stuff that I played in the clubs. Like, I was really a, a record collector. And I used to go down to all these stores. Oh. Like, I think it was around, like, Barry and Mount Royal and, and buy Elvis records and Beatles records. And so I, I was, like, a collector of music. Even if I wasn't going to play it, I collected music. Yeah, he's probably got a point. If you have that many vinyls, you're looking at like $30,000 easily now. Easily. But bigger than that, like I have a lot of producer friends, like beat makers and whatnot. I don't know. Producer is a liberal term, but beat maker friends. And a lot of them are sample addicts. If you were to just go through vinyls on your Twitch and talk about your favorite records, and that, that shit is candy to people, man. That is like, mm. I, I, and you have it though. That's the thing is like, most people can't do that because they don't have 7,000 records. Yeah, right, right. That, yo, Preach is right. Preach, yeah. you got to tell him all this shit, like more. What is Preach saying? <laughs> no, just all of what he's been saying about you need some From talk shit. <laughs> no, but the talk it's, shit. It's so bad. I, all of that I go so live. Like, bro, I could come I up with five shows for you. We could make the Don Smooth Network. Out of this interview, you've given me five shows. Easily, we could build around you. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll, I'll make a deal. If you and Preach will come to Mommy's house, to Mommy's garage, and help go through the vinyl, I would consider it. Because that's my whole thing. Like, don't ask me to find anything. It's there. Just don't ask me where it is. Bro, I'm going to make a lot of TikToks while I'm doing it. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Yeah for real like whatever we got to do man because that would be a beautiful thing yo like homeboys like vincent price and them who make beats and whatnot who also were bumping you on the radio back in the day like they're on youtube like whatever looking for it also if you were really smart you would run a digital thing and grab mp3s of the obscure shit before you sold it mm. yeah yeah i would be able to find the stuff that i want for sure i'm i'm heavily into uh i'm not a beat maker but i'm heavily too into the samples like whenever I would get a record. I was always looking at the liner notes to see where it came from originally and try to get the original and, and, and add that to the collection. I love listening to the originals of, of shit. Hold on. They used to put all the samples in the liner notes? I don't know. If yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. On the back of a record, it would always say where it was sampled from. That's interesting. Or if it was an interpolation. Or, yeah. 
I never really looked at. I always looked at written, but I never really paid that much attention to it. But that's an interesting point. So you would just like run that back and then go find the source material of a particular song, cop the whole vinyl. Now it's part of the collection. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That must have been one hell of an expensive habit, though. That it was, it was, it was. But that was my addiction. You know what I mean? Music. That was my addiction. Yo, but it's wild because it's like you collect- every, every every week was the record stores. That was my addiction. I you could probably argue that's an asset you could put against the house. <laughs> Possibly. That's fucking wild, man. I would love to see that. I mean, honestly, I really, really would love to see that. You late '80s babies may as well have been born in the 2000s. Yeah, you know, when I was 13, bro, the CDs was there and the MP. Not even the CDs. It was the MP3 players. So you would get the, I went through the transition. My high school started with, like, tapes was, like, kind of on the out. You still had a tape player. You were still dubbing when I was 10. By the time I'm 17, it's all MP3 players and iPods. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So it's it's, it's a different connection. Yeah, it's a different connection to the music. I never, like, bought a vinyl. I used to go through the lyrics of, like, the CDs like the jewel case shit i would look at the artwork and go through the cds i just never read the credits <laughs> i never cared when i was a teenager i cared as an adult genius.com is a fucking godsend for all the credits it has it's super helpful yeah but and who sampled i always i go to who sampled i get a lot of information there on the tracks you know or like you find out where it came from where it was originally Internet's wonderful for that shit, but you had to do that back in the day with the retro versions. Preachers, right? I've basically been spoiled. I've had Google in high school. They taught me to Google. That's kind of like a real. You know, I, I'm never one to hate on the technology. If it's there and it's available and it'll help you do what you want to do, why not? Like- um, to answer that, RC two three two. Um, I have definitely had it because the Walkman is the brand, yo. So I've had a CD player that's a Sony Walkman. Yeah, the Discman. Nah, the Sony Walkman. If we want, is the oh you had it's a pronoun, right? So all of Sony's Discman were Walkman, because Walkman oh, okay. is the is like the actual company name, right? Technically, whereas the Discman is more like the colloquial term of flipping that shit, and then it became like what it became. Um, but technically, I had a Sony one at one point, and did you have the did you have the yellow one, the Sport? I had a tape player though. I actually had the yellow tape player when I was younger. Uh, my 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 dad was super into that shit. So like he was really into dubbing records, uh, well, tapes. So like we all had the gear. So I grew up with like all of that shit. And they would make he'd make his own mixtapes and shit. We would take shit off the radio. He would have his whatever. We were not fans of radio DJs talking over the song mm. nobody ever liked that in my world but <clears throat> apparently that's a thing uh, apparently some people like it though i mean so i'm not gonna yep. knock it i get why radio people do it but yeah i used to cop tapes and shit when i was a kid i used to like sit there and wait for my favorite song and hit the fucking record and ho- I, I think we all did that you know that's i used to make a lot of tapes i think off the i'm radio the last like- ones though i think my age is like the like five years younger tops because by then yo you were hollering at homie to make you a disc for five bucks yeah you didn't have to do nothing and so yeah i did do the walkman thing and i like yo, i lived with headphones and shit on for like high school but it wasn't like tapes tapes got replaced by cds right quick because like they got affordable when i hit that age it wasn't like they were super expensive i remember when we started doing mixed cds the, the a, a blank cd 
was like I'm talking mid to late nineties, the ones that you could report on, they were like what, ten like at least ten, fifteen dollars, I think, for one blank. It was it was like an outrageous amount of money when we first started doing mix CDs, when we started do, doing that out of street sounds. We used to sell mix CDs for twenty five dollars, thirty dollars easily. That's like to me that's wild shit to think about. Like, <laughs> man I don't I used to buy CDs, but my rule is a dollar a song. Like if it costs more than a dollar a song, I want that shit. It was too expensive. Yeah. But even then, like I was still way later on. That's like two thousand eight, you know, like two thousand seven. Yeah. Cause I didn't have money before then. I'm too young for money until like two thousand six, we'll say. And then yeah. so like yeah, now it's all yo, this algorithm shit's weird though. I kinda miss the the feeling of purchasing a, a record and listening to it and hating songs. Uh, I I don't uh I miss like since I you know I'm not collecting vinyls anymore, I don't listen to as many albums as I used to listen to. Or I don't listen from front to back as as much as I used to. You know, I'll still pick them up. Like I think the Nas album was the the last one that I listened to that I I was bumping like from front to back, and I checked out Donda, of course, and the Certified Lover Boy. Oh, which but, did uh, you prefer? I mean, I'm biased. I'm 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 gonna go with Drake, of course. The the Kanye is always gonna be the creative, but uh, I, I I am biased, and I I always roll with the Canadian boy. I I I found myself um listening to Drake's with less skipping. Like I, I found out I, I skipped less on his both classic albums, but I found myself uh, skipping less on Drake's. And I thought Nas's was like outstanding. It didn't get the attention those two got. But. Nah, I didn't. I didn't listen to Nas's yet, to be honest. Like it was like they were they were there was a lot of I, this me this year. I had a lot of trouble listening to new music if it wasn't from Montreal, to be honest. A lot mm. of it's related to this interviews, and so like I'm usually listening to people I'm bumping like right before I'm talking to them, and it's constant. But then it's like I'm like, how can I like actually play a role if I'm not listening to the Montreal people? And that takes well, time. Definitely. And then I was so like, so tell me who 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 is who's come across your way? Like who should I look out? Like Peach told me about Skyfall. Uh, who in Montreal should I be looking out for? I think Mike Shab is one of the most impressive people I've seen in the city. Um, he makes his own beats. He has a style to it too, where you can hear it's a Mike Shab beat. He raps in a way where you hear it's a Mike Shab rap. It's very believable, grimy, and I think it works. It works really well. Sounds like Montreal. Like I don't know how else to put it, but like you feel like there's this Montrealness to it. His cover art will incorporate. I think he does his own cover arts too. Like he's like really like one of those guys honestly mm. like hustler is like don't get me wrong cool but like hustlers with the label world which i understand creates complications like you don't get to release as much music and etc etc um other than that i have a harder time answering that question because i have realized how little i know <laughs> Mike Shab would be my number one. And then after that, it's like I thought I had an idea. And then I've been working on this playlist. Uh, it's got a lot of people on it. But I realized there's just dudes in there like giant Tylotis. I'm watching him on Preacher Stream. And I'm like, you know what? I didn't even bump his last album. How can I really fully say anything about a lot of people now? Because it's hard. But Shabo is easy to make that claim on. 
because nobody's as consistent and hot and everybody likes them. I've never met a person that could argue with it. So that's another sign for me. Everybody can argue with everybody else, but Mike Schaub mm. and he's young. Okay, well, definitely you got, you got me curious. I will definitely. And he's tapped into the French scene. Like he was rolling with Jean Lou and all them. So like, how many English guys are that tapped into the French scene and coming at it with that quality? Nah, it's over. I don't think most of us made the politics. That, that, that's a gap that still needs to be bridged. It's him. That kid is doing He's it. He's the one. But it's not just him. Uh, there's other ones that are slowly coming through. I think um, I think a lot of the French ones are rapping in English, too. And um, it's going to go, the, you know, shut up Night Nurse Selections for the... Oh, wow. Shout out Germany. Good night, Night Nurse. Oh, say a word. That's like 3.30 in the morning then? That's wild. Wow. Shout out you. I know I've seen you in the other parts of the day, but that's that's huge. <clears throat> um, but yeah. Big up, big up, big up, big up Germany. Big up Night Nurse. She's a heavy, heavy, heavy supporter. I've met her through Forever Preach, and she's like an amazing supporter. She's a manager. She represents, you know, several reggae artists. Oh, say and, word. Uh, loves the culture, promotes the culture heavily on Twitch, you know. Big respect, Night Nurse. Appreciate that. Uh, appreciate the host too um, but yeah I think Shabo's gonna be like one of those ones that does big things and then you're gonna see a lot of little underground people come through cause I think the city's pockets in a lot of ways and there's so many Montreal's that like you can you can almost go to just a different borough and it's gonna be different like I'm pretty sure that the the, the white kids at, in, in the West Island are not doing the same thing as the dudes on 9th Avenue in fucking up north Montreal, whatever. You know, like, it's going to be course two not. completely sure different fucking vibes. And I think, I don't think Montreal knows how big it is, and it doesn't know the advantage of that. We get to have all the scenes, like every sound. And that's what I learned about Montreal right now, and why it's hard to fully answer your question, because I'm not willing to vouch for a lot at the moment. Is that there's Understandable. everything is what I found. I mean, there's EDM rap, there's juggalo sounding screamo shit, there's whatever you can think of I found. Like Chad Game is one of those dudes really holding down boom bap. Like Travis Bryant is taking on this little peep style persona that's crushing it but brings it with bars. It's like what little peep wishes he was. Wow. Like I'm just looking around and seeing people kind of pocketing in the lanes but then there's all the, the 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 bigger masses of it montreal horny as fuck right now everybody's rapping about pussy i don't know what it is but like <laughs> i don't know if it's always been like that but i was like listening to this playlist and all i did my criteria is so different than most people's it's your most two recent songs i could find unless i decided to add some other shit for some other reasons and then so it's just everybody's 2021 work really and holy shit the whole city regardless we're talking the 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 spitters the what everybody wants to fuck right now that's what the everybody whole... was on the same the same topic kind of yeah it made me feel weird that everyone can been doing that <laughs> like i'm like wait a second everyone can wait and so i just wanted to i just got to take a minute i just got to shout out t-locks rc232 nikki g those are my mods like that like Shout out you guys. They've been here since seven o'clock, two and a half hours strong. You asked about mods. That's a prime example, man. I appreciate you guys. Yeah, I that, salute you guys so much. That is big facts. And DiBiase and Preach, they've been here for the whole time too. So shout out to everybody that's been here for the whole time. Shout out anybody that's just popped in now. Much appreciated. 
I agree with you. Shout out everybody that did that. I don't shout out people as much <laughs> as you shout out people. <laughs> Maybe I should shout out the, people you, more. You got you. The, the community, the community is, is is crucial for me. You know what I mean? It's like they 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 take the time to to they give me their time. So I I you know it's only right that I thank them and acknowledge them for their time. Time is very precious. You know what I mean? I agree. I mean, I think you're. You're right in doing that. It's one of those things I just noticed, you know. Don Smooth is much more experienced in the game. Pay attention, you know. Preach is like, <laughs> I feel like this guy's ghost manager. I mean, if Preach is giving you that kind of advice and he's saying, I've been saying the same shit. Like, I trust myself when it comes to, like, fucking, I mean, I'll run that shit, Preach. You're doing good things. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Preach. Preach calls me up and I got my first 30 minute preach fucking phone call. I don't know what the fuck that experience was. They're still wild. A preach a preach call is a wild thing, is my opinion. <laughs> like sometimes you're not sure what the energy is. You just mm. know that the destination is probably worth pursuing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Well said. And then like, yo, I'm here though. And honestly, he told me to go on Twitch, blah 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 bleep. I listen and immediately after I'm talking to like real names in battle rap that like literally got me clout that fuck shit up in a great way so had i not listened to preach had i not taken because he was like hard shift and i argued with him and then i hard shifted clumsily it was a very clumsy mm -hmm. hard shift but it, right it was the right choice and i don't know we're still doing this i have not tried to book a per when i say tried i'm gonna put no effort into booking people it just i'm it's almost to a point where like sometimes i'm like wow i'm gonna they just keep coming now and i'm like i don't know if i can book you all i'm not ever gonna go back to the pace i was doing last year it's like yeah one week a couple extra you know and so it's like wow this is crazy this is like wild to me like just that the, you know you listen a couple of times and energy goes and you know if it's better to shout out people more often shout out everybody appreciate all of you <laughs> You know, like, yeah, man, you got you got to shout out your peoples, man. They, they support you. The, the supporters, you got to pick up the supporters. You show them love. They show you love, you give the love back. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I find it easier to do that on streams where we're playing fucking Jackbox than it is in the interviews. The interviews are like a right. ride. Those are like, it's a different mindset. Like other ones, it's simpler. Um, you should try Jackbox games. I'm going to just bring that up. I don't know if you've ever played it, but they're really literary no. There, I don't know if you've ever played Balderdash in real life. Familiar with it. I know of it. I've never played it. They're like word games where it's puns and shit. So you just write a bunch of stupid shit and you laugh. That's Jackbox games. <laughs> and it, the, I think Preach mentioned that to me the other day when we were talking. I think Preach did mention that to me the other day. And the yeah. community can play with you. I, I've been testing it. So this is one where I'm like, because, yo, there's robot battle rap game. And it's it's so yo you think it's easy but no it's like Mad Libs, so I'm bad at it. It's like you put a word and then you got to drop a line and then the robot raps the shit and it sounds weird and then everybody votes on their favorite and it's like corny but amazing. It's like trust your community loves that shit. They don't know it yet. You got you got to let me know when you're going live with that. So I'll check it out every Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> Although we all like stream at the same times, a lot of us. So it's like I go Thursday seven to ten and nine ish. I don't know. We don't know the end. Yeah, time I'm yet. not on in the evening time, so evenings mm. I'm free. So yeah, I'll definitely make a post and check that out. But yeah, it's goofy. It's fun, and the best part is the audience can play too. 
Mm. And that's why it's dope. And then we're running a Discord call, so whoever wants to jump on the call can, so it becomes even more like, oh, you can be on the stream, on the stream. The more interaction, the better, for sure. I don't know if Especially you can do that with Telegram and Twitch, but if you can do that with Telegram, you should create that kind of funnel where you can have a, you could be on the stream by joining the Telegram chat thing, Vibe Tribe. Mm -hmm. Cause that's the thing is how do you, cause you know, I think that's the move is collecting people in privates. Just move everybody into a private, forget about big time Facebook, forget about all of that, all that's trash. Go to the private spaces like a discord or what preach is doing and get your clubhouse, so to speak. So when VR does come, you just move into the metaverse like that. And now you're there. You know, you're all, you're all set up and ready to go. I've been thinking about this for like three years. <laughs> like, cause yo, I work in a software company and the conversations they have are fucking fast. And like they were talking crypto farms and mining like three years ago. And then they were like, ah, we shouldn't, you know, like, so whatever we're doing is to sell to Facebook. If you get into tech, like you're not ever going to win being a tech company because they're already doing it. But what they suck at is people. So that's why, like, it's really interesting. So you could, in theory, if you can, I want to create a tech company that I can just sell to a giant tech company and then that'll finance whatever the fuck I want to do next. That's my big dream with VR. Because you can do some crazy shit low end because everyone is ignoring music because I tried to, I pitched like CEO dudes of like other startups like Zoom Alternatives because somehow I ended up in places with them in digital lines. I'm spitting my music game, bro. The market's there, this, that, and everybody ignores you because it's rappers and nobody wants to invest in rap. So that's amazing because it's such an opportunity because once you get the traffic in, you know who will want to invest in buying your company up for 100000 for half a milli, whatever? Fucking Facebook or Microsoft or one of them. <laughs> and if you don't... Well, sounds like you got a plan. You got an idea there. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm into this a lot, I guess. But honestly... Um, do y'all have any more questions for Don Smooth? I don't want to run it aimlessly and pointlessly. I could tell like my energy is like reaching the point where I'm not sure where to go with this. And time is very precious. So if y'all have any last questions or anything that you would want to throw out, it would be a great time. I'm just, you know, because you have that delay. So you say it and then you got to wait like 20 seconds yeah. to like actually. Until they see it in and the then chat. it could take up to another minute for a person to actually ask a question in my experience because if the phones is slows and whatnot. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I, I got to say now that, that I'm here, I, I got to put in a shameless plug. You always got to promote. I'm on Twitch. It's easy to find me uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday at 3 p.m. Tomorrow's Total Rewind. Wednesday is a brand new stream uh, that's being put together by Preach and uh, Night Nurse Selections and Team No Sleep. They've collaborated. It's 100% reggae and dancehall stream every Wednesday. I'm on a three. The, the raid starts at 12. Got a, a DJ playing dancehall out of Italy. Uh, we got a DJ Dub Kush out of Virginia. Going to have special guests this week out of Jamaica, Total Flames. Yours truly, Don Smooth, Forever Preach. Another special guest after that. And Adrian Frost out of Barbados. So... Uh, we're trying to bring variety to the Twitch streams. And then on Thursday, I do something called It Was All a Stream, where it's like hip-hop throwbacks with a little bit of R&B. And that, once again, I, I try to keep my stream times consistent. That's something I learned in the last uh, year being on Twitch was the consistency. Like, I'm, I figured out certain things. Like, before I would go on only for one hour. And then I was like, okay, I realize features like, yo, you got to do at least an hour and a half before anyone even sees or knows that you're on. So we started stretching out the streams to a half hour and a half to two hours. Sometimes I do the occasional three and four hours. I got that same call. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, for real. And I was like, wow. Like, I used to jump on. I'm like, okay, I'm going to give it an hour. It's like, okay, that's... Ooh, and let's not like, forget the Wu-Tang Raid Train next week. But I didn't get there yet. I was oh, still on this oh, week. I'm, so, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just I was just responding to his enthusiasm. Because you see, I, I set it up there earlier. I mentioned that he does the Raid, the raid thing. Uh, he does Wu mm. Wednesdays on his own every week. It's a really dope stream. It's very... It's He plays like all kind of music. He's uh, But he's, you can really get a Montreal vibe from his stream at the same time. And uh, yes, as DiBiase mentioned, he does the Wu Wednesdays every Wednesday. And then, yes, next week, right? The 27th, uh, I'm jumping on a raid there. It's going to have a bunch of DJs, EZLD, yours truly, full blast, full blast Radio. And we did one last month, like, I guess, kind of like a test run. It was uh, three of us. It was myself, DJ DiBiase, and DJ Gemini out of Akron, Ohio. And we did, what was it? I think it was six hours of Strictly Wu-Tang. And like it's not like you heard ice cream a triumph ten times. Like it wasn't the songs didn't replay. We didn't. I think it's just like maybe we were like-minded individuals. It's like I I came up first, and it's like I'm not gonna play out all the bangers. Like I'm not going. I'm gonna spread it out. And at the same time, anybody that's jumping on for a Wu Tang raid is a Wu Tang fan, and they know the music. They don't need to hear ice cream and triumph uh, over and over and over and cash rules everything around me. So. We were able to go deep with the music. It was a good audience. It was a good vibe. Expanding it, DiBiase's expanding it, making it longer and bigger the next time around, incorporating more DJs. Uh, definitely was a good look. I was entertained. I was like, at first I was like, man, I'm like, I know there's enough music, but I'm like, if I play, can I make two hours of Wu-Tang entertaining and not monotonous? And I, before I knew it, the time was up. And anytime I lose track of time during a stream, I know that it's a good stream. When, when the time goes out the window. So yes, DiBiase, that's coming up, twenty seventh. It's on next Wednesday. That's dope. You should stop by behind the suit. <clears throat> if I'm not live, that's been. My if point. you're not, because Wednesday. Well, you do the jackpots game on no, Thursday. Uh, but Wednesdays is technically, and it's kind of been up in the air. My end of the week collab show perspectives, which is this shit, but with end of the week, but not the Quebec one, the New York one. So okay, um, if they're like, I don't. Actually, have to holler at them after and be like, "Do we have a guest this week?" So basically, like, nah, do your plug. I'm all for it. Uh, we can throw the shout out thing too. Shout out DJ DiBiase, and I meant more like the shout out command. <laughs> but like, never, 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 never shameless to promote your stuff. Nah, never shameless. Stuff. I think that's a lesson a lot of us have to learn. I was not the best at that lesson at all. Um, Preach was like, "You, nobody knows anything about you." I'm like, "That's a fair point. If you don't tell people, why are they gonna know things?" Mm. and um but yeah uh that's cool i'm excited about it but yeah if wednesdays if it's happening because sometimes when you're not the one booking people you just get to find out every week if it's happening and then you find out mm -hmm. the week of so given i'm free that day i would love to check it out if not um i'll check the vod if it's available i know cool, cool cool um do you have a question is the same as the last sorry the do you have a question is the last is the last minute song selection yeah i suppose that's exactly what that is the do you have a question at the end it's the last minute song it's like the way to wrap up the thing i think is what he's saying i assume that's what djs do at the end of it last minute, what last minute song if selection I, exactly meaning what like if i have a last minute song selection i'm not i'm not sure i'm not too sure of the question 
I don't know. I think it was more of a statement, and I was just reading on it. I don't know if it was a question. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to tell. You just you respond to the chat. You roll with it. But anyway, yeah. I appreciate having you here, Mr. Don Smooth. I really enjoyed well, it's good this to conversation. Be back. Um, Don, uh, Don asked me to choose a song last minute once. Did I? Okay. I don't remember. It's, it's very possible. I don't remember exactly. Oh! <laughs> that sounds familiar, but I can't remember exactly what it was. And he said, it's very possible. Choked hard. Oh. <laughs> Something. It wasn't that bad because I, I I can't even remember what it was exactly, but it's possible. Life happens, but the most important yeah. part is that we move on and we get to have other moments that are less. I forgot a song in a moment. I appreciate having you, Don Smooth. It's really great to talk to you. Um, you're it really was great smart. being here. Um, I, I got to tell you, as someone that I don't get interviewed that often, I've been interviewed a bunch of times. Uh, I would have never sat down for two, three hours like I did with you. Now on the second occasion, I guess that we're almost at a total of six hours talking. It's a first and might be the last time that I've done anything like this. And uh, that says a lot to you because you make it so comfortable and so conversational and you keep it interesting. So keep doing what you're doing. I, I probably said it in the last interview, the city's in good hands. Guys like yourself, Forever Preach, 514 Online. Definitely, I salute you guys going forward and uh, keep doing what you do. Shout out to Bonnie. I see I see Bonnie in the shout chat out for Bonnie, sure. Shout out Bonnie big time. Yo, Bonnie is like her. And yo, if we're shouting out Bonnie because his name didn't come up one time yet, shout out Chris because y'all don't even know. But he has to go listen to this whole conversation after. He has to give me timestamps because wow. I'm never going to do it. But the product, yo, you can't <laughs> be posting a fucking three, four our interview or sometimes they go longer without timestamps because yeah. if you're bored yeah. with that seven minute segment whatever yeah, whatever you're gone and yeah. i'm never gonna do it because i can't listen to this chat again we just did it it drives me i can handle the clips can't do it so um basically yeah shout out chris chrome because like yo he listened to every interview last year every one of them he knows more about people nobody knows how much he knows y'all might think because i'm having the chats He's consuming the content and taking notes. Chris is danger to the whole city. He's going to be coming through well, the best of everything. That's something because even me, myself, I was never one to... I'll go back, make sure audio or things are good with an interview. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't go back and I listen to myself that often. I do listen to my playback here and there, Preach. I make the efforts to improve. I try hard. I definitely am aware when I fuck up these days. Um, but I have a lot of trouble doing it quickly because it's it's like a lot of conversation of me having conversations <laughs> it's like a lot of it it's like re-watching a tv show right after having it <laughs> but um i really appreciate your words it's it's humbling to hear right like i don't know my life changed a lot so i appreciate that a lot and um but see, you just you keep evolving man it's just it's evolution i'm celebrating february is gonna be marked 30 years that i've been doing this professionally in in you know what i mean so that's I, like... i'm i'm very i'm very blessed because a lot of dudes came and went during that period of time that didn't even make it five years or ten years so i'm i'm very blessed to still be in a position to do it to still make money doing it and going forward i still have things in, in the future so i mean you're getting like consistency we're, we're gonna consistency. start hearing the guy on youtube ads and shit in the future <laughs> <laughs> i hope so that's the plan you know what i mean uh, down the line you, you one day you'll be watching and 
that guy at the TD Bank telling you to go and get them RSPs and get your stocks, you might be a familiar voice. <laughs> man, it's going to be dope, man. That's, that, that to me, that was one of my favorite parts. When you said they edit it, oh my God, it changed my life. You don't understand. Like I was holding myself back. Bro, they, 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 they send you a script. They tell you high energy, low energy, corporate, fun. Da 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 da. They give you some direction. You read the script. You send. You send off an MP3 with your name on it, and they do what they gotta do with it. They make them. They polish it up, and it's done. That's amazing. See, that's the kind of nuggets you get from Don Smooth. I appreciate you sharing as much as you did. I appreciate everyone watching too. I didn't say it as much as Don Smooth, but for real, like everybody being a part of this, like if that chat wasn't moving, it wouldn't be this long. The ones where the chat don't move, they somehow don't go past two hours. It's just wild how that's mm -hmm. a correlation between those two things. <laughs> um, or when the number stays, like, 14 is a pretty crazy number for the wrap-up part of an interview. So, like, you know, that's I appreciate it. Like, shout out to Bash. I see Bash in here, too. So. Oh, is he? Yeah, I just saw it there. And shout out Nikki. Appreciate you coming through. Now I know who she is in context to you. Shout out Bonnie Preach. Oh, man, all the other names that are there. T Lokes and RC232. It's T Locks. T Locks. T Locks. See, what happens. Uh, <laughs> TPIC, um, Night Nurse Selections, Bionic Pixie, of course. And I'm certain other people were there that I think if I just keep reading names, it's going on forever. But I appreciate everyone who I didn't mention. And uh, you all are wonderful people. To all the people watching this in the future, I didn't forget you either because I always think about you. Uh, we thank you. You can join us live on Twitch in the future. But since you're not on Twitch, make sure to like, follow, subscribe, comment. All the links for are in the description for uh, Don Smooth and all that good stuff. Um, seriously, thank you again for coming. Appreciate everyone again one last time. It's been fun. Live long and prosper, everybody. Bless up, everyone. Blessings, blessings, blessings. Thank you.